Hello and welcome back to another episode of Guys Being Dudes. This is episode three and I'm your host, John Erickson. I'm your co-host, Tate Combs, and today we have a very, very special guest, mm. the Riley Monty. Hello, hello. Um, I just want to say uh, Jared ditched to play zombies, so everyone make sure to go and uh, tell him that Shame he is him. worthless and that he should regret his life decisions. That's what I was thinking. I was just about to say that. I was Jared ditched on us to play zombies. So. Yeah. But this is why this episode is so special, ladies and gentlemen, because this man is the founder of the company of our one faithful sponsor from day one, Daddy's and Baddies Clothing. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm like financing this. Not at all. No, literally not, not at all. Just not for no. fun. <laughs> it's, but um, yeah, this man's the one who created it, who started it all. We'll get into that later. But to start out our episode, we're going to do... Somebody had sent me a message since our last episode was mainly about dating stuff. Someone had sent me a message asking for advice of a situation that he happens to be in. They went to the worst place possible for advice. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not I don't you. Know, but... I say, I got married, so that's... Okay. I got well, some like advice at least. Like 33% is still failing. Yeah, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> But here's the here's the situation he's in, and I already know my answer. But I'm gonna let you guys say it first, and then I'll say my answer okay. since I've already read it and stuff. So this is basically what it is. I'm gonna paraphrase because I'm not reading the paragraph. Why not? Because I don't want to. <laughs> it's just like in class when the teacher calling you to read. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Gotcha. So this is what happened. So this girl and him have been best friends for like five to six years. Yeah. <laughs> Riley's already making faces. I just, I hate. Anyways, this girl and this guy's been best friends for like five, six years. Okay, I want to say best friends. I can't remember if it was really good friends or best friends. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Really good friends. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment in his, you know, passing where he like thought they could be more than friends. And she friend zoned him back in 2017. Okay. I feel this like is a good now, year. I feel like this is someone we know. No, no, no. I promise you don't know. I promise you. I'll tell you after. I promise you don't know. Anyways, back in 2017, people can change. A lot of things can change, right? So this yeah. guy and this girl start, they reconnect. Mm -hmm. And they go to dinner and she starts saying and confesses to him that she could see like a relationship with him. There we go. Woo, woo. There we go. That's good Yeah, way to go. But as the dinner continues, she started talking about how... You know, she could see herself with these other guys. And so after the dinner, he straight up was honest with her and said, I'm confused about us. And she had told him that she could see interest in him, but she has to get things together in her own life. And then he says that he really likes her and he could be very interested in her. What is your guys' opinions? I have mine. John, I want you to start with this. I want okay, you I'll start. I want, you to, <laughs> yeah, I want you to start before I berate this. Okay, okay. and just to... So just to clarify yes so the guy's been friends and maybe like at one point or another best friends with this girl for yeah. five to six years has feelings for her yes and then he says they go out to dinner and then she says she could see herself dating him yeah and then also says the same thing about other guys a couple other guys and then when he kind of makes the move after so then what she, are we yeah she said that she did she, like him but she had to get stuff under control in her own life okay so right. here yeah. I'll start I will admit that, and uh, this might be against a contradictory, like popular belief, but 
Very good friends do make good dating couples. I will say that. But it is a red flag, A, that she had mentioned those other three guys, and B, that right after she said like she was committed to it, right after the dinner she said she wasn't committed to it in a sense. Mm-hmm. So all in all, what I'm going to say is I don't think it's wise to pursue her. Am I saying nothing can ever come? If you're truly really into this person, am I going to say nothing can ever come out, not come out of it? No. But for right now, it's your best to let her, in air quotations, deal with whatever she has to deal with, which most of the time that's just an out to not have to talk to someone. But I will say that things change, just like from 2017 to now. She friends on you, but then she said she's interested in you. She could change just as well as you did. And it could be possible, but for right now, I say you keep your distance. That's what I would say. <laughs> I don't know if this is like uh, baseball where John's a leadoff and then we get some guys on base and have Rye bring it home or Yeah, yeah, go for that, it. That's go where for we're it. send okay. it. Um yeah, I agree with John. Definitely a red flag with the mentioning other guys. I think part of me wonders if he misinterpreted the situation mm. of going out to dinner in the first place. Where when she said something like, I could see myself dating a guy like you maybe yeah. Maybe that's uh, kind of what she said, because the fact that afterwards she said, oh, I, there's some things I need to get together first. I was just thinking about that the other day when people say that. It's like, I really don't think that's the case, because like at what point do you have everything together? Like I will at say, a certain never, point, yeah, never. you never. At, like I will say, there is a part in my life that I did say that, and it was true, though, because me and Mikhail, that's when we broke off our engagement. Yeah, because I needed to get my because I was prioritizing the wrong things. I was making stupid decisions, in my opinion, and so then I needed to retract, reset, figure myself out, build good habits, and then I went back to Michaela, and now here we are. Yeah. So I will say I am with you though. I feel like ninety five percent of the time it's disingenuous, like it's not real. Yeah. But I will say there is a small percentage of people out there that truly do need to change before they be in a relationship and that's yeah just them knowing themselves okay i'm saying if if this dude's asking for my advice which not the greatest idea to ask me for advice but i think uh john john you're probably the exception and not the rule and kind of you said that like for the most part it's gonna be disingenuous i think 99.9 percent of the time when people say yeah i don't have things together i just need to work on myself right now that's not really why because like kind of like I was saying earlier like at there at no point in your life do you have it all together are you going to be in a place where you think oh I'm perfect yeah. I think in your case like yeah that that can happen like there might be a few things that you believe like hey I can't be in a long-term relationship until like this gets fixed yeah but I think for the most part that's it's just kind of bs yeah but I think there's so much to unpack here. First of all, it's like, okay, okay, we're going to assume that you had five years as being friends and then all of a sudden her perspective completely changed. Yeah. Like, okay, if you put yourself in the position where you're starting off as a friend, you have to go through the long, grueling act (laughs) of getting out of the friend zone and for them to view you as something more than friends. Yeah. Right? I said it before and I'll say it again. Like half the time, if you're like physically attracted to someone, if you hang out with them a lo- like a long enough time, you're gonna start making out out of boredom at least. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah, like, 
at, 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 yeah, no, you would have to completely like shift how the relationship is like already fundamentally made for mm-hmm. it to ever become something more. Mm-hmm. And where she's already like wishy-washy with it, it's like, okay, you think she's going to need to get to know you more? No, she's already mm-hmm. saying that you're not a priority enough in the position. Because it's like she's known you for five years. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm just getting to know you. I want to like take it slow and then like see where like things go. She's like, yeah. I've known you for five years, but I want to keep you in my back pocket in yeah. case other things don't work out. Yeah. Because I don't dislike you, but you're not exactly what I'm going for. Because here's the other thing, and like like Tate was saying, there are rare things where like the person has to get like their stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of people. If you find the right person, it doesn't matter if you have to get your stuff together. You're going to just make yeah. it work, and you're going to yeah. work through it as you go. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, True. to and be in that position. And there's legit strength in relationships when you go through those hard times. That's what yeah. makes your relationships a lot stronger is when you go through that. So what I'm saying is you don't need to throw it away and be like, uh, but like, you know, keep her in your back pocket. Too. You're like the if prize. The, if yeah. you're not, if you're not the priority, like you know, she's just another. View yourself list. as the trophy. If, you, if you're not a priority, it. treat them yeah. like an option. <laughs> Maybe that sounded like some Drake stuff right there. <laughs> That's. I think I probably stole that from one of his bars. Honestly. That's all right. Drake steals plenty of lyrics. Oh, yeah. Don't count. <laughs> Here, my last. Before Drake, we, if you're listening to this, Drake, I love you. But no, you killed X, and I have mad beef with Drake. <laughs> okay, do you actually think that's true? Yes. I really? mean, what? Yes. That's okay, you put out the song. Okay. He's like, um, sick of these words, sick of these words, hire some help, get rid of these. Right yeah. after X got killed. He had beef with Kanye, who Kanye and X were chill. Yeah. All this stuff going through. Wasn't and there another lyric that they said, like... He sneaked us as Kanye and X, like, in everything. He was, <laughs> he was sneaked us in Kanye on sicko mode. Really? Checks over stripes because Kanye's Adidas and he like Nike. Oh, Nike's better than Adidas yeah. because basically Kanye became the poster boy for Adidas. And the Gap. And the Gap. Yeah. <laughs> Old baby Gap Kanye. That's I because I what is it? I saw a YouTube video about that saying that Drake ordered the hit or something. For sure. Like absolutely. Well, yeah, I did not even know that was a theory to be honest. Yeah. But I, I, don't I mean, listen. maybe it was just random dudes who just like decided that they wanted to try and get thirty thousand in cash. But <clears throat> I don't know. I I feel like if you're gonna rob someone, like you're gonna rob them. Yeah. Like why would you rob and shoot? I mean, I, I guess I'm not from true. the culture. I'm white. Yeah. Um, I grew up middle class, so I have no idea. But like to me, it seems more logical. Like if you're gonna rob someone, you're gonna just rob them. Why? Unless he was just like, no, I'm not giving you this stuff. But still, at that yeah. point, yeah. if you're not going to murder someone, why are you going to murder someone for that? Yeah, true. I can't even tell you, man. I've never even had the urge to steal somebody's stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I guess I take, I take that back. When I was a kid, I wanted to steal stuff all the time. I, I use it as like a, a way to like get even with hoes. <laughs> I guess that's the easy way to do that. <laughs> like if you Check steal me. something of mine, like, I'm like, listen, is this one of my few like, I feel horrible about these things, yes, but have I been in the position where it's like, okay, you took something of mine? Okay, listen. There's this time 
where I had a very precious, precious bottle that was taken by some fodderies. And <laughs> next day I was like, I was like, hey, where's the bottle? I'm like, the thing that annoyed me is that they weren't at least honest about it. Yeah. And like, as they were like lying to me, <laughs> I'm like, I just looked down on like this desk and I see a ring that looks about like equal to or lesser value to it. I just a put ring? my hand on the <laughs> desk, grab it, and then put it in my pocket. Because I was going to use it as a bartering thing later on, but yeah. then I never saw him again, so now I have a ring. So <laughs> if anyone wants a ring, I think it's like a size 8. Um, hit me up. Can you find the size that? Do rings have like the size on them usually? I, I have, have no, no idea. idea. I literally just made that up. I have no idea. Rise bought so many <laughs> rings, so you can just eyeball them at this point. Yeah. Dude, the know. thing about, the so like, day. my fingers are super skinny. Like, just my fingers are. But then my knuckles are fat, and so I can't even take my ring off unless I like spit on my finger. It's the most disgusting thing. Anyway, it's a perfect segue into start- <laughs> starting what we're gonna. So Riley, there's some interesting things about you as a kid, as a no. young man, young lad, and what you choose to disclose and not disclose is totally up to you. Okay, as always, <laughs> we're not gonna pry it out of you. Right. Riley's a very uh, secret yeah. fellow. To set the set the. Uh, tone here before we get into the rest of it how was it growing in up in Holders, nebraska as a homeschooler uh it, honestly it wasn't that bad it was just kind of like chaos because like you get into those small towns and you get a lot of different like characters yes um it is back that up I, and maybe i'm just like being a narcissist like it was so wild but like it was it, it was because in a small town like i think it's like how your parents described growing up in like the 70s or 80s where kids are just roaming around yeah like and then you have like the bad kids and like the good kids and the kids mm-hmm. in trouble and so there's just all this like conflict fighting yeah uh, and like everybody that. knows it too not just the kids like oh everybody knows yeah. which group is which yes yeah and so it, it's like turf wars but um, <laughs> that's funny were you like the alpha like leading a pack of like no seven year olds what group of kids were you in yeah i was in um i don't know i was just with like the neighborhood kids we just we just like play football normal i was such a beta i was a little 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 soy boy (laughs) we just played football all the time and then we got in some fights but nothing too crazy Started a bike gang for some short period of time. I think Ryan was in the bad kids if you're in a gang. I could see that. Listen, it was only like bad kids like when it came to like fireworks and it's like we become arsonists. <laughs> yeah, right. I, Riley still goes hard in fireworks though. Is that legal in Arizona? Uh, No, but if you go over to New Mexico, I think they sell them like year-round. Like I saw that at a gas station. I was like, year-round. Because it's just a <laughs> desert. Like if you yeah. have any ember, like it's just the whole thing. It's it, gonzo. It yeah. literally becomes hell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Mount Lemon, straight up like half of it burned down like a few months ago. So like, it was My going on hiking trails and stuff and it's just charred. It's just black. It's just death. <laughs> so let's see here. You, you, you're in holders your whole life, right? For the most part, yeah. What age did we meet? Was it? It was pretty early, it wasn't was like it? S- probably like seventh grade. Seventh grade was yeah, it? it? Had oh. to have been middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, I had been friends with your cousins for a long time. Because I grew up in also a small town, and mm. his cousins' parents always came to my house, yeah. my parents' house, and so I, I had Deal. known his cousin for a long time. And is that how I originally met you? I no, I, I started going to Grace. That's what so it that's was, and then we figured out that. 
and yeah. you know you want to talk dude. about my weird hometown your weird hometown sex trafficking <sighs> yeah like 15 people <laughs> i know and like i just got like um i just got some deer meat from like a sex trafficking like place and i was like oh this is cool hey you know say what like, you want about it oxford meat locker is one of the class. best meat lockers out i just there. gave wait him some jerky do you want some jerky yes i would they oh, were jerky. oxford meat locker was the place that was uh, yeah it was the owner people. of it yeah that, really? that physical place wasn't, but the owner of it was yeah. involved. And I'll give you some light behind it. So what what had went down was one girl was going around and him and this other guy were, I'm not going to name names just because I know people that might listen to this, but yeah. um, him and this other guy or her and this other guy were going around and, you know, she's doing sexual favors for money and uh-huh. basically she just flipped it on him. And then all those people that she had kept track of got in trouble with it. So... In the sense of some thoughtery. I mean, no less is it. <laughs> no less is it right. It's not right yeah. by any means, but you know, it's kind of kind of crazy how it all. I literally was like, my brother sent me like a clip of you know the person, the first person that got caught or mm-hmm. arrested for it, and I was in shock. And then I just saw more, and then I just saw more, and I was just like, this is just crazy. These are people I grew up with. Yeah. But yeah. My my life in Oxford though, for the most part, I'm not gonna lie, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta wake up, go fishing, go hang out and play football. Like, just like Riley said, there's just like everybody hung out with each other, and that's kind of a thing that I missed when I moved to Kearney. Is like I could go outside and there's I know there's gonna be 15 kids doing something, and I could yeah. just go hang out with them. Yeah. At Kearney, I had no idea. Like all of these kids, like are like you go to a slightly bigger place, like they're completely restricted where they can go. A bunch of helicopter parents helmet kids <laughs> like they just play on their ipad on the porch <laughs> yeah like maybe they'll just all be geniuses but they also might just be really socially awkward i, I don't know just not yeah. developed yeah so here's what i want here's my question to you then as is a product of homeschooling and actually Michaela's homeschool too if you guys didn't know that for a while would you want to put your kids in homeschool or would you want to put them in public? Absolutely not. <laughs> I would never I would never wish that upon my child. Explain. Explain. Um, yeah, what are some of the things that, I mean, because you were in homeschool. Okay. So what would have been what better? I, I, I would say it can be like very beneficial if like you have a high achieving kid um, and they can really excel and go higher. Or even if you have like a really low achieving kid. Um, the teacher or the mom and whatnot and or possibly like online teachers and whatnot can all work and like make it better right uh-huh. because you get more attention um, other than that because like the vast majority like people I see around here they do it for like religious reasons That's what I was about to say. which is I, I, I don't think it's worth it because a kids aren't going to get the extracurricular they're not going to get friends yeah once going into college scholarships uh unless you do well on like act sat like throw them out the window because you don't have any extracurriculars and not to mention with your gpa um like you have to get like a lot of depending on the school like some schools i applied to as a homeschooler like they would require like all this like validation to stuff and then they would like kind of like rank it on like how hard it was and how good. Mm-hmm. So they find a lot of ways to be like, eh, not really. Discount, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it yeah, I, I, I personally, but it, it did end up well for me because, so I didn't do school from like seventh grade on. Um, uh, I, I went into mean? college with like a seventh grade education. 
no, I, I, I want to clarify before I say anything more. Everything I say on this podcast is a lie and nothing is true. <laughs> anyway, um, so I go into college with a seventh grade education because I just cheated all, the whole way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're stopping me. I got gotcha. you. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, your teachers? I'm my teachers. Uh, yeah, online school. They're going to stop you. Everyone who's doing online right now is cheating. It, well, yeah, but it was kind of on a heart. But the nice thing that it did teach me is I was online, like on the internet, like as one of those weird kids, the whole time for years. And so it was very beneficial for me because I learned a lot of skills as far as just operating in that space mm -hmm. and like marketing and like how people run their businesses online, how people do this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Which, so in the long run, it has been helpful, very beneficial, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think it's a, a good decision. I will say that you're kind of a, an anomaly though when it comes to homeschooling because A, you're not like... Weird. Yeah, you're not super because like Michaela, she is not social. Like she's not good in social settings. Yeah, and that's just because she had a lack of experience in social settings her whole life up until her senior year, and when she finally were around people, she's like, man, people suck. Like girls are mean. Like that's what she, literally she was telling me. She's like, girls suck, and that's just and. I mean, take it how you want, but in a sense, it's good that you know she raised such a nice person and stuff. But it's bad that she didn't even realize how the world worked. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah, people suck, and I knew that for a long time. Since we started off with some advice, right? I hope you don't mind if I hijack no. a little bit. So you said the girl... Oh, frick. I just forgot. This is becoming a common occurrence. For completely While you think I'm going to keep ranting about something. So the thing that I think saved me was like... Okay, first of all, most homeschoolers are weird. I was weird. Still a little bit weird. Right? Yeah, which is... You know, I as think you being do, weird is good. right? So, um, I think the thing that saved me is I got once again really lucky. I don't know if I talked about this last time I was on. I feel like I did. With where I I, I had a Nintendo DSi, so I took an entrepreneurship mm -hmm. class. I started like three businesses, made enough money, bought like an iPod, whatever, with a camera oh, and yeah. a Nintendo DSi. So the thing that I so I started doing animations that are on this thing called Flip No Hatena. And I actually got like a substantial following. So the thing that that did was it was like, I always like in my head was like, I can think of jokes, I can do this and blah, 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 but it would never come out. And it was like socially awkward. So like all of a sudden I did this and I'm like, oh, I have like 30,000 followers. Like I get hundreds of views oh, on like my animations. People think I'm funny and like I'm doing the voiceovers and all this stuff. So it built a lot of confidence and that kind of continued on as I would like continue with a lot of different apps where like I did like streaming, I did, I was on the wrong side of history, right? There was two kind of big ass, one was called GIF Boom and one was called Vine. Um, <laughs> guess which one I chose? GIF Boom, big mistake. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. <laughs> it was literally like the similar concept. It was like mildly popular. Yeah. I, think I got a few thousand followers, something mm -hmm. like that. So like I just kind of continued and that helped me build like confidence and <coughs> friends. And so, yeah, and then I, I, I got connected kind of like with, Grace Fellowship and whatnot, so I gotta make friends. And yeah, expand. and then speaking of your online days, didn't you, didn't you do a stream with Tyga's ex girlfriend, uh, Molly O'Malia? Yeah, really. She what? used to follow me on Twitter. Yeah, tell us about that. Like how yeah, that was. How that, that was nothing. How did that, that even happen? Yeah. How does like, that even happen? Tyga the rapper. By well, the way. like, so they used to have this thing where you could like guest with people, and I just started guesting with her like occasionally, like with her like streams, and I'd like talk to her and whatnot, and so then. 
she was like curious on like how she gets like partnered and all this stuff so i was like helping her in the dms and whatnot um when was this a long time ago i don't remember i didn't even exactly. know you streamed yeah yeah when i've done you... a lot i've done a lot no i would i will say this me and riley have been friends like we said earlier for a long time and I still don't know anything about him, to be honest. <laughs> you just find out random yeah, things. Yeah, like, he'll like just say something nonchalant, like, oh, I streamed with Tiger's girl. Like, what? That wasn't yeah. that, like, that big of a... Like, it wasn't, like, a super... Uh, I mean, it's current, still kind of like, like a, a crazy There were some other people that were, like, pretty big. Like, and when I would stream, they had, like, guys and girls. I'd usually be, like, top five on guys. So that meant I'd have, like, maybe a few hundred people watching or something like that and what'd you do like just chatting just, just or like what? talking and just like talking crap mm -hmm. like i would it, some of it was absolutely insane like just <laughs> yeah because it's just like it's like a one-man show and I'm like you have total freedom just to just to go off the rails yeah um so just imagine me screaming in <laughs> my bedroom for hours on end and that's pretty much what you would have <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So let's transition to your uh, high school days. No, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll start for we'll start with this first. Um, were you integrated as far as were you doing some classes at the high school or some class or like some sports or what? How did that play? Yeah. In? So I did sports up till eighth grade, but then at, in our at our school they didn't allow it unless you took five courses at the high school but you might as well just be full-time if you're doing yeah. that um and yeah and i kind of got deceived my parents were like oh homeschool and public school are basically the same except for you get to play sports and but at homeschool like you get more freedom you get to do whatever and i was like i was like i'll take the more freedom yeah um but that was kind of a a, a lie you thought <laughs> i thought more freedom to do chores more, well yeah more freedom to to watch anime for ungodly months of hours. <laughs> there was, yeah there was a point where i'd watch it like 12 episodes a day just that would be my day jeez at <laughs> least about, like, anyway where was i going with that oh yeah so i took some courses like through the high school but they were so easy i'm like but they weren't like hard classes it would be like was psych spanish history oh yeah uh video production stuff like that i've literally never heard of someone that got lower than an a in history yeah like you have to either have never heard anything ever <laughs> in your life because literally i played 2048 the entire time oh, oh that game, game. Yeah. yeah i never played that i just put in hours of because i didn't get jack squat until i didn't even get a smartphone until i was a junior in high school oh we had it on the chromebooks oh we? yeah yeah so we're just your little keypad. Yeah, it was cash money. 2048. You flex on some kids and show up. They're like, bro, you got the, what is it, 1,200, whatever. I don't know, 12,000 thing. They're like, dude. And I'm like, listen. <laughs> listen. I'm gifted. Gifted. Uh, here's here's one thing I'm curious. And again, what you choose to disclose or not is up to you. Mm -hmm. What is the craziest thing you did in high school? Craziest thing yeah. I did in high school? Or one of like the funnest, or just sound like a fun story from high or school. Or most illegal. Most illegal. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know. I like everything before. I have a really bad memory. Yeah. So like, I can only remember back like six months at a time. I don't know why my brain like I have to have something that like triggers it's it. Not right. I wasn't wild. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't wilding out in high school. I was honestly more wild probably in middle school. 
Yo, buddy. Um, then I was, once I got to high school, I was pretty mellow. Like, I was just depressed or something like that. And I was just, like, hating life. <laughs> so, like, I wasn't doing anything too well. But, like, yeah. Middle school, um, let's see here. I ran from a knife fight. You got in a knife fight? I didn't get in a knife and fight. An people I was with, people, I didn't have a knife. I, <laughs> I don't believe that. I didn't have I'm a knife. Kidding. I didn't have a knife. I didn't have a knife. So, like... There was just these kids. I was well, I was just like with some friends and whatnot, and they were um, not the best people to be around. <laughs> and then they had some beef with some other people who were older. And all of a sudden, these kids just like roll up in a pickup truck, and people just hop out, knives pulling. Some of my friends pull knives. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. What? I just, <laughs> I'm just running. I'm running. I don't. Nothing ever happened. Everyone just pulled knives, and they were just like, swing for it, swing for it. You know that kind of deal. Like mm-hmm. so. I kind of wish I would have got saw someone get stabbed. I did. I oh, I actually did see. Um, I didn't see, but I was there when someone got stabbed recently. I was at a uh, get together in Arizona in an apartment building, by the way. I don't know nice. who's stabbing someone in an apartment, but like someone got stabbed, and like everyone's like like someone got stabbed. I'm like, what in the world? And like I walk out, and then there's just like a blood trail. Oh. And like as I'm like as you take they took the elevator too. Like as you're standing in the elevator, like I'm like, these are new NMDs, like there's just blood it was not like just like a little stab. Like, it was it like was, so it was like I was like Yeah. So like I came I got by the time I got home, it was probably like nine AM or something like that. And the dog was just like smelling my feet and it's like, Why is there blood on your feet? What uh, is going is on? Is that your dog? Not my dog. Oh my roommate's dog. Anyway, yeah. Not really a relevant story, but hey, people are wild. Not a lot of people can say they've seen someone get stabbed. Yeah. Okay, let me take that back. Not a lot of people from Carney can say they yeah, saw someone true. get stabbed. I heard a lot of gunshots in Arizona. Not a lot, but a substantial. Like people would just go like at parties, just like throw some shots. Despot, just some despot for funsies, <laughs> and you're like, all right, like, um, it's time to go. So here's what I'm curious. As we can say, our sponsor is Daddies and Baddies. Yeah. How did this whole thing, uh, this whole Daddies and Baddies start? What inspired you? Uh, Going from, you know, this small town religious kid to creating Daddies and Baddies targeting the party scene, you know? How did that uh, all start? Well, you're just asking how my life is falling apart. Um, well, <laughs> we don't need to get into that quite yet. Give it another, like, 30 minutes. We'll get there. But, um... We started, like, I I understood what dropship, like I kind of said before, like, I understood what dropshipping was. I don't, explain dropshipping. Uh, dropshipping is like, oh, what do we got going on here? Did you like one? Uh, you got a Ultra? I'll take one of those. Cool. Um, so, I kind of understood what dropshipping was. Uh, does this need an opener? No. Uh, no, I think it's just tools. Oh, okay. Maybe. Um, I understood what dropshipping was. Like I said, because I was kind of around everything, and like I, I was deep on like the YouTube scene, and a lot of YouTubers did like drop shipping and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't remember originally the first time I made something, but originally I actually did make like uh, a Christian clothing line of sorts hmm. through some form of like drop shipping and running like Facebook and Instagram ads, and so I did that. I don't. It was years ago. Um, it, it was like, and, but I didn't really know exactly what I was doing or like what I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your Christian clothing? 
Just out of curiosity. Uh, I will not say because people can still look it up and it's, it's dead. <laughs> oh, no. um, I'll show you guys later. Okay. Um, but it's actually, it was kind of cool. Like the concept of it was like, so it would just be mainly like long sleeve t-shirts. And you know how like the look where you get like sporadic um, like tattoos kind of like oh, on your yeah. arms. Uh-huh. It's kind of the same thing with like designs where mm. it would have like... Um, like kind of like a Christian, like it would have like a cross or like whatever. The fish thing. Yeah, like well, not the fish, but yeah, <laughs> not the fish, not 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 the fish, but like it would it would have like kind of like that look of like the arms, and then yeah. it would have like I can't remember, like it would have like a saying or something like that. So mm-hmm. it was actually probably it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember exactly. I think the thing. Like I had, I just had the idea. Like I have an old note somewhere where I just like, uh, I wrote down like a whole bunch of things that I thought could be like sayings or like a brand for uh, like a clothing brand, mm-hmm. and it just it made sense to go with daddy mainly because it, it was culturally relevant, yeah. and I kind of had the thing where like people started calling me either daddy or like dad or something like that. That is so, true. Like, it became like a meme. So I was like, I was mm-hmm. like, let's just try it. Um, like this could brand easily. Uh, so I kind of had the idea in my head for a long time. And honestly, like a year ago, I just got in a place where like, I didn't have a whole lot going on and like everything I was kind of working towards kind of like, just kind of like puttered out. And so I was like, yeah. I was like, let me, let me try something. And so normally I had, I had like 400 bucks and normally I would have just thrown it into like stocks and investments, but I was like, I was like, let me just try this. So I did like one batch of like the first t-shirts, printed them off just through a local, um, screen printing place. Shout out sailor screen printing printing needs. And you said that whole order cost 400. Uh, I don't remember how oh. much it originally cost. It was probably that's how much you had in your bank account at the time. Is that well, that's just how much I like. I set aside. I had, like, oh, 400 bucks, gotcha. and I was like, it probably cost, I don't know, a little bit less. Yeah, something like that. Maybe like two hundred. I think it was maybe two forty. Perfect. And so then I did. I kind of just sold it to like friends and whatnot, and the design horrible, <laughs> but um, everyone was really supportive, and I got the. I then took the money that I had from that. And I did another batch of shirts and I sold some more. And then I was like, I was like, okay, this is not exactly how I want to go about it. So then I made a website and I made some designs, threw it up there. And kind of the main concept in the beginning was, is like, I wanted clothing that, because I, around here you always wear like jackets and coats. Mm-hmm. And if you have a big design, like you never see it. Right. Yeah. So I wanted something that was just like center chest that you could see it while you wear like a jacket or a coat. Mm. Um, so I did that. I kind of ran with like the first season. Didn't do well at all. But, and there was a lot, like I got a lot of crap from a lot of different people. Like people would just berate it uh, consistently. Like people, I got so much crap. Yeah. Even just for like wearing the stuff, people would just like give me crap. And mm-hmm. like, but like every time I felt like I was like I was like this is stupid what am I doing just quit it there was always like a moment where like a friend or someone would be like oh that's cool or like they would buy something yeah. and it happened every single time hmm. and to me it was just like a sign that like I should keep doing this yeah and I just kept with it and it for the first I don't know like November December January February March and then going into April like didn't do well at all like but i've been playing with ads i've been playing with like 
designs. I had a lot of new influences. I made new designs. And then really COVID hit. And I had uh, the Daddy University that, which is kind of funny because originally the Daddy University, I was going to do it completely different and like a more like elaborate kind of like cool design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I had it compared to like the, the basic version I made in the beginning. And for whatever reason, the basic version just like looks so much better on like the ad and like just looking mm -hmm. at it. And so I just went with the basic version. I started running ads and once COVID happened, like it just started taking off and then it was just like throw money at it and it would just get yeah. going. And then now we're here. I will say that me personally, and I, and I do take pride in how I dress. I, I, I do like style a lot. I will say Hollywood. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, that's a, such a dumb nickname. One of my <laughs> friends gave me a nickname Hollywood because I wore like a fur coat type. It's not like fur. How would you like a sheep? It was like a sheep. It was like a coat. wool coat. It's like all wool. Once he wore it once, like five years ago. Yeah, it's been called Hollywood ever it's since. So stupid. Anyways, <laughs> I will say like the basic design for me is so much more appealing than mm -hmm. when it's just everywhere like you like you were saying when you just have like i don't know i just think the basic designs are a lot better in my opinion well like so we had like minimalism has been on a, a big rave and i i think in the clothing i would like to thank uh virgil ablo ablo whatever uh who did off-white for all that that kind of yeah. like brought a huge new wave of kind of like that minimalism look yeah um and so it, it's just yeah more is, or less is better yeah i 100 percent agree Right so, right now you're in Arizona. Yes, sir. Actually, rise in the room with us. Mm. Hey, mm. There we go. <laughs> you should have been aborted. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, you being in Arizona, do you think that elevated daddies and baddies or no? Um, I think. Or do you think for it was my COVID? own? Well, it, it was. It was a lot of things it was just like right timing right place mm -hmm. um, I would say as far as like designing and whatnot it's so much better to be in a place where there's at least a, a, a sprinkle of culture <laughs> yeah because um, like here there's not a lot of like support for anything um, I guess you would say I hate to say oh mine's artistic but like any kind of like endeavor like that and people don't yeah. really dress well at all oh i agree like and i'm not gonna sit here and say i dress well because i don't um but going there and then kind of being able to see some fashion and kind of have uh more of a more of a culture that thinks it's uh kind of more supporting it's really nice for that reason yeah yeah i um here's one thing i would ask as well and then tate you can ask some questions after yeah. but you going to Arizona and your business taking off and stuff like you said and the, just that whole timing mm -hmm. have you noticed any changes in your daily life coming from that or has it stayed pretty much consistent um uh it's <laughs> it's like this <laughs> uh, fish is lit up <laughs> it, well I think the nice thing is that it it has given me a lot more freedom where I deferred for the year and I'm not going to school this year mm -hmm. um so this has just kind of been a, a fun year for me. Yeah. If that's how I would but, nicely describe it. But it's also, if you look at it, it's not like you're just just like pissing away stuff. Like no. You're still learning about business and stuff. Through, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's like a lot of like kind of like character development that you have to go through, or at least I had to go through. 
which is just ridiculous. But you have to like kind of like work through the things. That was there ghosts in here? Yeah, the uh, door just moved by itself. Do you have a dog? Nope. I have a theory actually. That I think the mirror popped it out. Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry, yes. we thought we got we'll your dad in there. Ghost perform. stories part <laughs> two, right? Oh no, Rick. Rick. Oh no. Okay. Um, kind of just like, yeah. I, I think I've always been pretty good at being like self motivated, so yeah. that wasn't a struggle. But like, um, as far as, um, like there there comes to be like almost a little bit of like an ego that like I had to squash early on because I'm like I don't want this like any sort of like pride or like anything like that. Yeah. Which, I which I think was kind of like a mechanism I used to like uh, kind of push down because there was like, like I said in the beginning, there was so much doubt and there's so many people that just crapped on anything I would do mm-hmm. or like even like when I was like, I'm going to quit my job at Cabela's, I'm going to do this. People are like that. You're absolutely ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? Like, why, yeah. would you do why are you not going to school this year? Like all this stuff. So like I always use, I'm like, I would always just be like, I'm making the, I'm like, what, you know, like, yeah. so it would be an ego push up for myself, but I'm like, I need to, to, to bring that down and honestly all glory to god for everything i ever do yeah. because like i i um i i think that's just been the whole thing like every time like when i was going to give up it was just like god like gave me a sign gave me something like just or whatever if you're not religious the universe whatever gave it yeah. to me. um and every time i got like any form of like um kind of like braggadocious or like depending on myself um, it would sales would go down and then I would have to just like realign myself and like realize like it's not me like I'm not like cause like I know nothing about fashion I know nothing about design <laughs> I know nothing about any of this right yeah I'm a very fortunate person that that lucked out yeah um, but yeah but just overall I saw it we don't need to, I, mean, I will vouch for Riley every time I text him for him like for an update on you know his business and stuff He's always very humble about it. And even when I texted him recently, he's obviously made enough to where he can just live off of it. He's still very humble about it. So I will vouch that his character has changed a lot as far as that aspect. And I will say it's very important because me personally, before I buy pretty much most things, not like, you know, random things like electronics and stuff like that, I don't. But when I look into something I'm investing, you know, decent amount of money in or just buying something in general, I really do look into the character of the people behind it, and so mm-hmm. I will, I will, I will vouch for Riley that his character has changed quite a bit since, you know, it started to now. So, yeah, a lot uh, of sending that, sending that love to you. I, yeah. I, well, I would say character development and deed development because all of a sudden <laughs> you get freedom and you're in Arizona and thoughts. <laughs> One and thing leads to another. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Here, here, people aren't turning up every single night. It's like. Maybe Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And then yeah. there it is, seven days a week. Yeah. I'll get people hit me up 4 a.m., like, let's party. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Why not? <laughs> well, isn't ASU like the party college? Yeah, well, I'm down in Tucson, so I'm at uh, UOA. Oh, still, so still, still, we're still doing all right down there. Not, <laughs> not as good. Still top 10. but. Yeah, Arizona State's pretty legendary for. Maybe they're they're extracurricular programs. That's yeah, sure. curricular. They are they're legendary for snow bunnies. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Anyways, I'm not I talking the kind on the side. <laughs> uh, just so, because I've been relatively silent for most yeah, of the podcast. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, 
the one question I did have is, so Raya, you're obviously, I don't think it's a coincidence that someone asked for dating advice the week that Raya came on. <laughs> All right. Because uh, as he mentioned earlier, he gets the nickname Father Rye, mm. Daddy Rye, mm. Dad. Mm. Um, so people would always just go to him for advice just to kind of hear what his take was. So um, there's, I see it on TikTok a lot. Usually you'll have like jokes that land with guys and kind of like jokes that land with girls, you know, like the specific kinds of TikToks. And the one that I've been seeing a lot is like, so the guy will be mad when a girl has a lot of guy friends because they're like, oh, that's suspicious. Like, they're a hoe. Like, why don't they have any girls that are friends? And then kind of how John mentioned earlier, like, Michaela's like, well, girls are super mean. Like, they suck. And most of it was like, most of my friends who are girls that like have a lot of guy friends will say that. It's just like, they just don't like the drama with guys. Like, yeah and then like on the flip side you have guys saying other things so like what what's kind of your take um it uh, it's tricky um because i i don't think either party is wrong in that mm-hmm. because guys understand other guys um and they understand that they're going to try something mm-hmm. like that's that's just how it's gonna go yeah, yeah. If it enough time they're gonna try something uh-huh right but the girls and their minds, they're, they may not have that view already. Some of them might, and they mm-hmm. might be like, okay, yeah, and just have all these guys around. But some of them might genuinely have the view of like, I'm hanging out with all these guys. And there are rare cases where there's kind of like that mutual agreement, but I think yeah. it has to be kind of harnessed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say I, neither party is wrong because they're both right. Yeah. It's just different perspectives on the same situation. Yeah. Because every guy, it, it happens every time. It happens every time. It will and happen. I also will say that I feel like girls are a little bit more oblivious to it because guys are always the people that make the first moves. And yeah, so, like, for the most part, some girls, and, I just, and you can put devil's advocate and say, yeah, they get hit on all the time. But... As far as who makes the first move, 90% of the time, in my experience, and that could be different for other people, I have seen guys make the first move, and sometimes it just goes like right over the girl's hair or mm-hmm. head due to like confidence, whatever it is. And so I will, I will, um, I, I agree with Riley for the most part though, but I will say well, that. Let's look at the guy that asked the question in the first place. He's oh, yeah. friends with her for five years. For yeah. five years. Yeah. And he's secretly all about her yeah in her mind she's probably like oh it's just a friend but in his mind he's just waiting for the opportunity exactly that's a good point point. oh and then to kind of piggyback off of that so can or no i should say should you have so like let's say you're a guy and you have a girl best friend you start like dating someone can you still have a girl best friend vice versa like if you're a girl and your best friend is a guy and you start dating somebody like is it is it okay to have that? Yeah, I mean, as long as things are understood, mm-hmm. uh, most of the time you see that that's gonna fall apart. It more times than not, it's going to just the person they're in a relationship's not gonna like it, so they're gonna make it end. But I think mm-hmm. once again, if you have an understanding and if you're genuinely in that place, um, you can, and I would say it's fine. But it it probably won't. It like if you have a a girl best friend and you could start dating a girl I will 95% of the time you're not gonna have your best friend or you're not gonna have your girl like it's not gonna it's not gonna work out 
Yeah, more than likely. Um, yeah. Or they'll at least distance themselves and then they'll get out of the relationship and they'll come back and then it just swings back and forth. I think we know a few people like that. Yeah, and I think for, I guess, whoever was asking the question in the first place, um, I hate to say it, but it's almost like you're a safety net. It's like you're there just in case for this girl. Yeah. Like, the safety net isn't where, like, a person wants to be. But it's where people go when the thing that they were going for in the first place fell through. I, I, so would, like, I would say it's almost, it's less cerebral about that. There, I don't think people are like constantly thinking. It's just like they fill whatever void they're yeah, missing. Yeah. So it's not that they're like, oh, if this goes, I'm always going to come back to that yep. person. Once it falls out, they're like, they go to that person because they fill that little void. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of times it can things can get confusing the other person's into it and then they're like well they act this way but then well and it just gets convoluted very fast and i think that's a great point that it's like people aren't consciously doing it it's just they're going to the whatever fills the void and i think that's something you need to understand like as a guy if you have a girl that is like your best friend and you have feelings for her that probably needs to be made known just because like if you don't make it known you're probably always going to be like saying oh what if she breaks up with her boyfriend now and then it's my turn. It's like, I don't think that's a good mindset to have. Yeah. Um, oh, I agree. I said this earlier, but I do find it very important that you have to view yourself as the prize, not like second, third, fourth place. You have to view yourself as, you know, I'm the prize that everybody's trying to get. And whether that's true or not, you know, that's up to you. Like, whether that's true or not, but there has to be a level of, you know, I'm worth more than being that safety net. You mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm more attractive than that safety net. Like I'm more, I don't, whatever you want to replace with that than that safety net. Mm-hmm. You have to value yourself more than what you basically what value is given to you by those people. Yeah, is one thing I would definitely say to that. Well, and that's Oopsies. not that everyone's desperate, but I think something to also <laughs> sorry <laughs> something also to look out for is like. Um, if you have a good view of yourself, you're not going to date who you can, but who is good for you. Yeah. And there's definitely a difference in that. And I mean, it's kind of like for a lot of people, it's like, if you're, if you're in a desert, like you're going to drink pretty much anything that's available. But like, if you're in somewhere that like is sustainable, like you're going to actually drink things that are good for you. Yeah. Whatever. So I, I don't know. I think it's the same. Yeah. Just natural start building in like standards and yeah, whatever it is. Types may you call it. Yeah. But, but right. I'm, just, I'm just thinking you must be in a desert all the time. <laughs> you must just live there. Well, you're just like, don't you live in Arizona? Listen, listen. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. And it is a desert. Maybe but, you live in a desert physically, where I live in one like mentally. <laughs> <laughs> so together we're just. So together we're vibing. We're sand people. Yeah. So you broke it off. I was going to say you just stop at every watering hole. <laughs> so that was going to be my meme, but then broke it off. Yeah. Hey, no judgment. Same. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Just so you guys know, my self-esteem has lowered significantly since the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> you hear that, ladies. This is your time to get take calls. His uh, number is. Tay, what is your type? What is my type? Yeah, what is your type? I don't know. I, I actually also was thinking about this today. I don't think I have a type. Hmm. Like I ain't got no type. Hey. I, yeah, I, I ain't got no type. But like I honestly the more I think about it, the more I realize I literally don't have a type. Cause like 
I don't have a preference between like blonde or brunette. I think it works. Personality I think, type. Yeah. Well, and even personality type, it's like there's a lot of personalities I can get behind. Um, I I honestly don't know. I don't know what my type is. You don't know what your type is. No. Riley, what's I your feel type? Like that's more pro- problematic. I have a lot of different types. So which is one? You guys don't have like a top type. No, not really. No. That is crazy to me. I don't know. Well, because I it's it's really weird. Everyone's like super specific about like I like specifically. They have to be a brunette. They have to have a big butt. They have to have small. Like it's like, I like I don't have like a list. Like I don't know. Like, just I have some things that like more of that like I can easily identify. Like off of like physical, like I can identify things that I don't like. Maybe this is a character flaw, but like if a girl is bigger than me in any way, like I'm just like, nope, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like if yeah. I think that you're going to beat me up, like, um, I'm scared. Yeah. I honestly think that for the most part, girls probably think the same way, like just with dating guys that are taller. Yeah. It's like guys don't want to date someone that's taller than them. Here's the thing, a few I can't remember what episode this was, but there's an episode where we went over that Tate likes being dominated. So, when did whoa, I say that? Wow. Hey, now listen. I never said that. Why not kink shaming you here? <laughs> now <laughs> let's let's get into it. What, I do you like just a, no. a real woman with just a little, whoosh, you know, with some medium. I mean, biceps. I'm gonna say it's not. What are you indecisive? No. You just want. Okay, I guess I guess I have found out something about myself. I do not like someone that would also. If I look at you and think you could physically dominate me, that would not be something I would consider attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> flat out. No, that was just that was the joke from the podcast because Tate started talking about how he's not the guy getting thrown on the wall. He's throwing girls on the wall. So. Did I say that? You're oh yes, girls I, dude. I didn't. I don't know. He said he's the guy. It was, it was stupid. But anyways, it's just a joke that the real fans will know. <laughs> <laughs> So what's like some of your, you said you have some oh, qualities that you kind of turn you off in a sense. What was that you were oh, thinking well, of? Um, a short hair, another one just off of the physical. Yep. I, Agreed, just, yeah. I just, I don't know why, but it, it's, well, I do know why, but it just <laughs> upsets me. There's so many different, oh my God, there's so many girls that have like this nice long hair and then they cut it off and I just want to cry. Like I, I, yeah, I go into depression like every couple months when someone does that. Like it, it upsets me for weeks on end. I'm not kidding. So when I watched the movie Tangled in sixth grade, I thought one of the saddest parts oh, of the movie it upset oh, was when really... was when <laughs> oh no was when Flynn Rider cuts off her long blonde hair and it just turns into this like super short like brown, and it's like it wasn't the brown that like really irked me it was the fact that it was so short yeah it looked bad it was not good and i'm not saying like if you're a person or girl with short hair that it's like i'm not saying you look terrible i'm just saying i don't prefer it i personally don't prefer it it's just yeah 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 so just grow it out hit us up in a couple yeah it's just like (laughs) some girls like dad bods some guys like abs it's like Um, you know another thing is just like any girl with like a horrible, horrible, like, princess complex. Like, I enjoy brats. Like, I love brats. interesting. <laughs> but, like, like, a little bit toxic. Like, ooh, baby. Um, let me tell you something about that. Great, phenomenal, 10 out of 10. But, like, any girl who they're going to be right no matter what. Um, and I think a lot of girls, like, they get into a relationship 
and they think they're right and guys are like I don't know I just want you to be happy I want this to end I don't know what's going on so they're instantly going to be like I'm sorry you're right and they just kind of like build up this certain place um and it is hell on earth uh huh (laughs) am I wrong no I can't has anyone seen that am I the only person that's seen that I can definitely resonate with you as far as the always being right. I can't stand when people can't admit that they're wrong or even off. Yeah. Like that drives me up a wall. And that's not just for girls. That's for guys too. Like if you have that mindset and attitude, unless oh, I've yeah. had previous relationship with you for a long time, yeah, I'm probably not going to want to talk to you if you're like that. Yeah. Well, and if you think you're always right, you're never going to learn anything. Oh yeah. And 100%. It's just really frustrating to be around those people because it doesn't, it doesn't help you out either because like... They're never going at arguments with an open mind. It's yeah. you're gonna have to argue against them and not like argue with them to find some common ground. So I'll give you I'll give you an example. And I had known this person for a long time, so me and him are still friends and stuff. Yeah. well Tate doesn't hide his farts, he lifts up his legs <laughs> and projects it. But yeah, guys, for anyone listening, guys being dudes. Yeah, guys, guys being dudes. dudes. Yeah, guys being dudes. Um, so I knew this guy for a long time. So when he did this, I wasn't. When he does this, it doesn't like affect me because I know him and I've built a relationship with him. Oh but one God. time, <laughs> it smells. If you're wondering, <laughs> continue on, John. Trying Don't mind to. me. So I told the guy that I hate tomatoes. Like, I cannot stand tomatoes. I can't mm-hmm. stand the touch. Like, I can swear I can smell the them. The texture. Anything. Texture. All of it. All of the above, I cannot stand. <laughs> so I told this guy that. And he's like, what? And then I told him I don't like jelly or jams. And then the same thing. He's like, what? And he proceeded to argue with me for the next 35 to 40 minutes why I need to test these tomatoes and test jellies because I'm missing out on the finer things in life. I think I know who this is. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have never been in a more like brain dead argument in my life. I was like, no, I don't like tomatoes. What? You need to start liking tomatoes. How do you enjoy spaghetti? Stuff like that. <laughs> so stupid. Exactly. But like stuff like that, like something that small mm-hmm. will make me not want to be friends with you. I can promise yeah. you that. I'll start like mild arguments like that just for funsies like that's different though because you can know you can know that he, yeah like, he genuinely and he this same person told me that his hobby was arguing oh like that's frustrating that's I mean, one of his I, favorite i, I think hobbies. it depends if it's like genuine or not like if i'm just gonna be like he's a genuine arguer i can tell you that like i got in a screaming argument about which is the best star wars i mean like yeah, you but, know what i mean yeah like, that's for funsies though oh i agree but you know when you're laughing and mm-hmm. yeah. you know you can tell there's but, a but he's just blue in the but face. he's like he's, he's just... like actually starting to get frustrated that I didn't like tomatoes or jams or jelly and I'm a weird eater and I get that and I've lived with that my whole life but I don't need you now, yelling at me now, like failure if you don't like my fresh grown tomatoes <laughs> and I, I made you some jam if you ain't gonna do that let me tell you something I will say there's Communist. one type of jelly I like the one that goes with like jalapeno jelly? I don't know. The... It's on the jalapeno burger at uh, Wahlburgers. It upsets me just like as I know. jalapeno. Well, try this. Jalap- the jalapeno jelly I'm talking about and cream cheese on like some kind of cracker or even a burger like Tate said. Divine, bro. Let me tell you. It's so good. Might be good. Kind of sounds satanic. Not going to lie. I disagree, John. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. 
Oh, see? Now <laughs> argue. Fine. <laughs> you eat a block of cheese for a snack. Your yeah, argument is irrelevant. <laughs> I have no room to talk when it comes to people's eating habits because mine's mine is just weird. Yeah, you just like buy like a full thing of just like one fruit and then you're just gonna eat it. Yeah, like you'll buy a bag of grapes and like that's I'll, your dinner. I'll tell you one. No, uh, yeah, I do that. One of the days where I'm like, I think one of my best friends is the weirdest person I like or people on this planet. It's like, hey John, you wanna go out to? Eat? I'm like, oh yeah, bro, let's go. Let me get to Jersey's. He sits down and I order and he's like, I was like, what are you gonna order? He's like, oh, I'm not ordering. And he pulls out a case of blueberries. No, he doesn't. And, yes, no, and puts it on the and proceeds Stop. to eat the case of blueberries <laughs> while I'm eating at Jersey's. What? <laughs> Thanks for that. that. <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, okay. First of all. What compels you to bring outside food into a restaurant? I what compels know. you to ask someone to go to a restaurant so you can do that? To, to be completely honest, I have no idea why I had the blueberries. I'm high V's kind of by jerseys, so I'm trying to think. I might have just been at high V and just had them. I just I don't understand. But yeah, definitely. Weird. I don't understand how your brain works. Like <laughs> neither half do I. of the time. Like half the time, I'm like, oh, I got it, and then other time, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, Dude, like, you and me both. It? Like, every time I look back on things that I did like a year ago, I'm always just like, what? Like what, you did what like a the... month ago. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like, what was the logic behind that? There wasn't any. Like, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. That's what I love no, about I like it. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> a little. Like Tate sent me a Snapchat. I think it was last night where he was like reading his roommate a bedtime story. Yeah, I was reading Joshua. Oh, dude, I was story. laughing so hard. The Chronicles of Narnia, but Josh wasn't a big fan, so he yelled at me to get out of his room, and I did. So, sure enough. But Narnia is the sauce. I love Narnia and C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Said every Christian ever though. First PG thirteen movie I was allowed to watch. Really that was a big deal. That was a big homeschool deal. <laughs> that was huge. That's a good question, actually. What? How old were you when you first snuck into our movie? Being a homeschooler. I don't know if I ever snuck into an R movie. Or like just go watch it. Go yeah, like uh, I was probably about the age you were supposed to be. Probably like seventeen ish. Really? I mean I probably watched some like at I don't know, I probably watched some like maybe at some friends' houses before. Yeah. But, but like going to a theater? theater, I probably like that age. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. So my So I my my parents were very strict as well. And very religious, so I could never watch anything over, you know, PG for a long time. But my dad bought the Exorcism of Emily Rose because he thought it was like a legit like story, documentary, like a documentary type <laughs> thing on his life. So I like made yeah, a movie about me. So I pick it up and I plug it in, and that if you are interested in like scary movies, that's a pretty creepy movie. But I watched it as a kid, and I don't think I watched a Radar R movie for like a year and a half after that, because I was pretty scarred from it. I was informed that Harry Potter was witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like that kind of stuff. Like I was like, I was like, hey, listen, couldn't watch. I don't need any of that witchcraft. I couldn't watch Harry Potter. I couldn't watch Scooby Doo because it's about catching ghosts. Really? Mm. Really? Yeah. My Dude, parents were SpongeBob because. Which is I, so crazy. My parents let me watch Spongebob. Yeah, I had a really weird... I mean, if you think I'm weird, just get to know anyone in my family, um, starting with Oliver. But <laughs> yeah, just like the shows that I was allowed and not allowed to watch were so weird. Like, yeah. I could watch a lot of things, and then I couldn't watch Spongebob. Like, just, just random stuff like that. 
It is like so. SpongeBob, the original pitch for SpongeBob was actually that like SpongeBob was gay for Patrick, and it was supposed to be like this Adult Swim type show. Really? Because using like Krusty Krabs, Sandy Cheeks, you know all that yeah. stuff. And so I don't know if that's why parents like if they somehow well, knew that or. I don't know. I don't get what's so like bad about SpongeBob. It's and I'm not comedy. saying this is true, but I remember somebody's parents telling me that SpongeBob lowered your kids' IQs. Oh, I heard that. Too. <laughs> yeah, I could probably see that. <laughs> Trying to think of the biggest SpongeBob fans I know, and honestly, they're all kind of dumb. But uh, <laughs> ouch! <laughs> I'm <kidding>. Received. <laughs> I, there was a lot of things. Pokemon was like. Catching demons or something like that. Yeah, I or never monsters watched. in your pocket. I'm like, <laughs> I remember I was like, maybe like 14 or something, and like on the DL, like I bought a Pokemon game, and like I, I, I kept that thing. Like I may not have been 13, I might have been a little bit, like, I might have been like 12 or something like that. Like, but I kept that thing hidden. Like that thing, my parents did not know about that. Like I was bringing that out late at night. I'm like, I'm playing Pokemon. This is evil I have sinned Lord forgive me I probably had to repent for that which is funny cause like we, you know we, my par- our parents never let us do those things but then they mm-hmm. bought us like Call of Duty yeah well, I mean at I least mine were consistent I, actually I, yeah with my parents so like I think the common thing like in a lot of like really strict Christian households is like it's it's in that Adam Sandler movie where the mom's always like ah oh, it's just the devil like, yeah. if my dad didn't like anything, it'd be like, oh, it's a sin. Or like, yeah. oh, it's satanic. So, so like, you couldn't get, like, an Xbox mic Yeah, I couldn't years. talk to my friends, like, on an Xbox, like, mic. Because <laughs> my parents thought it was satanic. So. The things that were said, though, on, like... Oh, early, probably oh, was yeah. Oh, like yeah. That, that I miss probably, it. Like, I think that's where men were born. Neurologically, like, wrong with me. <laughs> I think that's right. Like when I like laugh at like just like horrible things, I like just think back. I'm like, that's where that. That's where the spawn from. <laughs> just when I just see like handicapped people, and I just start laughing. I'm like, that. Oh, I'm like, this is where this is where it came. From. I've got a terrible story about that. And this is this is PJ, pre Jesus John. Okay. And so, glory to him, Halu. Amen. So here I am, seventh grade, walking to my music class, mm-hmm. and oh no, <laughs> Tate knows exactly. I know exactly where this. I'm is getting going. this off my chest to you people, but just know that I have repented, and I'm very sorry for this. And this is PJ John. I get in class, and our music teacher was like the nicest person ever. Yeah, and I'll give you, I'll give her that. She's a sweetheart and a half. And so naturally, she got taken advantage of as you know, just wild kids. So yeah. here I am in class, and one day, I don't know what prompted this, but I thought that I could convince her that I was mentally ill. And for the next year, like I stayed, you can ask T. I yeah, was committed he in to character. this. He never I stayed broke. in character for the entire year, and at the end of the year, she could pull somebody in class, and I could. I could tell you what I'm going to do, but it's not as accurate because, you know, you can't see what I would do. But just know that it it was terrible of me, but it's pretty accurate. Anyways, so she pulls one of these people that sit by me in, like, multiple classes, and she goes, You know, I know John's mentally ill, but is he like this in every class? 
And, like, so she knowing what I was doing is like, oh, no, no. Like, or she, like, just got my back, whatever she said. And it comes to parent-teacher's conference. Uh, oh, I knew I was screwed. <laughs> so, so I get to talking to the teacher and my mom and the music teacher. My parents never miss parent-teacher conference because I was always in trouble at school yeah. before, you know, a certain time. And I, was, I knew what was coming. And she, like, started talking about, she's like, you know, I know John's mentally challenged and stuff, but I'm so, and my mom's like, what? She's like, and I'm, like, looking at light bulbs, just trying to look everywhere but the teacher. She's like, I know that John's mentally challenged and has struggled, you know, you know, with this mental illness. She's like, but he really does such a good, my mom's like, are you calling my son, like, you know, mentally ill? And she's like, wait, he's not? And so long story short, my butt was sore for a week, and I was grounded for a long time. And I convinced my music teacher I was Just, mentally ill for an entire. I can't imagine your mom's like, "You want to act retarded? <laughs> I'm about to make you." <laughs> yeah, she was this not is, happy. This is not the same, but definitely not the same. Um, I, 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 okay, it was a really slow night at Cabela's, and I pretended to be blind <laughs> because they had. They had, like, this, like, monopod that I was using as, like, my walker, like, stick, and then, like, some really dark glasses I put on, and I was just, like, walking around, just, like, knocking Shit. stuff over. Like, I would, like... That's actually so funny. Like, customers would, like, be coming through, and I'd just be, like, grabbing the hangers, just, like, shifting everything <laughs> completely wrong. There's this funny video I saw of this guy, like, act like he was blind. He's like walking on the edge, like next to a canal and stuff. He did like walking, people like, oh my gosh, and like trying to pull him off the edge and stuff uh-huh. as he's walking on the. It was really funny, but that's exactly what I was picturing when you're saying that. It's just people trying to help you and stuff, and mm-hmm. obviously you're not get blind. Fired is a miracle within itself. That's how I feel about working at well, the theater too. Oh yeah, I, this is a joke, dude. Do you remember the other stuff we would do to Mrs. Sabah? She oh was our gosh. music teacher. Someone. In our class, Blake Quintana, he was on our <laughs> podcast before, so he used to have really long hair, and he got a buzz cut, and we had him convince her that he was, like, a new kid from a different school, and, like, didn't speak any English, and she, yeah. like, believed it. And it's funny, because Blake didn't speak Spanish at all. No, so when she, like, asked him about <laughs> yeah. it, like, he had no, like, he had no clue, but, and then, like, uh, like, I don't know if everyone's, like, music teacher did this but you had her like the music teacher and then you had your like pianist and our class like unscrewed the the something in her chair so that when she sat down it just (laughs) fell collapsed but yeah we bullied our teachers she had like crooked fingers Again, bless her heart. Mm-hmm. She had like crooked fingers where if she was pointing straight, it'd like curve off to the right. Uh, and she'd like point at people and like we would all like look around to the other sides where she pointed. <laughs> Again, <mine's> terrible. Like- <laughs> She's a sweetheart. Let me vouch for There was definitely those, but there was also like I would try and like mess with some. So Mrs. Freeberg was always like always late to psych class, so we'd have 15 minutes. Where we would move everything in the room one inch over, like every day, and eventually, like everything was like completely shifted over, like one side. She's like, "Was it always like this?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, Weird. How was she 15 minutes late to her class? Because so she Aren't... was she was the uh, the counselor, and she only oh. taught one class, uh... and so she was always late. Dude, 
Aren't you legally allowed to leave at 15 minutes? That's high school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is high, high school. school. <laughs> high school. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I've never had that happen once in college. Yeah. Well, usually professors are responsible enough feel like to res- cancel. And I feel like if you're a professor, it's usually something you pr- you enjoy. Yeah. So it's not like it's a drag going to. Yeah. Unless you're old, most likely. <laughs> well, you got anything? Closing thoughts, comments, stories, Riley? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. I just have one thing I just feel bad about, and I need to get off my chest. Okay. I haven't really told anyone about this. So you I heard just, it here I first, just, bro. I, I just I wanna I wanna bring it to okay. Don because I feel like this was like confession for me. So, <laughs> Pastor John, Father John is my PC. So name. I just I wake up I I I find myself awoken on a rooftop of a large apartment building. Um, I love it already. <laughs> it's like 5 a.m. I, I don't know how I got here exactly, but there's like a door, so I go to the door. It's locked. Now, there's like seating and stuff. Like People are like allowed to like mm-hmm. go there. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So like originally, the person I was with, I like tried to call him, didn't get an answer, so I'm like, crap. So I see a fire escape, like down the, like the side mm-hmm. of the building that goes mm-hmm. to like the alley. But the thing is, is it's like, it has like a metal, like kind of like door thing, like gate door. Yeah. And it's like, we'll set off fire alarm if you exit, exit. <laughs> and now this is like a large, large building. Like this has pro- at 10, 20 stories. So I'm given an executive decision <laughs> at this point. It's like, it's like, I, I'm here. I don't know how I got here. I don't know where I'm at. So I call an Uber and have them like go to like the opposite side of like the alley, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm like, Lord Jesus, give me wings. And so I just push the door and sprint <laughs> down like so many flights of stairs. I had to take a breather, vapor lungs. Like it's not, we're not making it through that. But like, I like run, I get to the Uber, like jump right in. Like I waited till it was like a couple minutes till it got there, got right in. And I was like, well, we're driving by. Like I saw people start like congregating, like in the, in the lobby. <laughs> How do you feel that you made 10 store, 20 stories of people potentially evacuate the like building? Yeah. yeah. Like 5 a.m. <laughs> and the Uber was like, it's like, Oh, early morning for you. I'm like, yep. Totally. <laughs> Like yes, sir. Heard How do you think alarm. you got up onto the building? How do I think I got? Yeah, I think I got ditched. I there. have the I have the like answer. A hangover? Roof. Yeah, that's what it. I was literally, it was like a. It was like it was like a hangover moment. You just so what me. I think happened actually. So I think I was up there stargazing. Okay, which and, is fun. And I think I just stayed up there. <laughs> just died. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Just died, <laughs> and I was yeah. I don't know if I was got ditched with people, mm-hmm. or maybe um, they were in a similar state and just kind of walked out without. Yeah, even, like, so noticing. I just I woke up and that was having that state of mind where you have no idea how you got to the place you are or what happened to get you there is the worst feeling for me ever. And I've obviously never had. I've never okay. Let me, <laughs> let me back up here. I've never had that, but I had yeah. a dream where I had no idea how I got to my like. Actually, I'll go into this since we're only at a minute 15 real quick. So I had this dream. It was kind of a creepy dream. But I had this dream. And it started out with I woke up and I walked out to my couch to fall asleep. Right? And I'm sleeping. And then I woke up. 
and I looked towards my window, and there's somebody peeking through it. So I shot up, but I was in the my bed when I shot up and woke up. Mm. Oh, there's more. So I fall back asleep, and then I wake up again, and I'm at my couch. And then the cops knock on the door, and I actually, and this actually happened. I went and talked to them, blah, 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 and I walked back to bed. So I don't know how that first part happened. Mm-hmm. But then I fell back asleep, and I started hearing scratching under my post. It's like, what is going on? And I wake up, and I'm back on my couch. But in all reality, I was actually still in my bed. And then I woke up officially and looked under my bed, and obviously nothing was there. So this is how my dream started out. And as you can mm-hmm. imagine, I was just like, what the frick is going on, dude? And so I continue this dream, and I'm sleeping, and I get put in this setting where, and it's one of those, you know, dreams where I forget the word for it, but when you feel like you're there. What's that called? Sleep paralysis, that thing? It's kind of similar. Anyways, There's a lot of different yeah. stuff with yeah. that. Yeah. So I feel like I was there. Let's just long story short. I felt like I was there, and this was actually happening to me in real time. So I'm talking to my friend. And someone knocks at the door and I go out there to check the door. Nobody's there. And then the person that I was with came behind me and just stared out the door for like 10 minutes and shut the door and sat down. And me and him were just talking. We're all hanging out and stuff. Just us three and we're hanging out. And he gets up and starts drawing symbols in on my wall. Mm-hmm. I was like, stop. And I, you know, pushed him back down. And then he tried to do it again. I was like, okay, get out. So fast forward a bunch of years later. I'm at this like gathering. I don't know what it was. It wasn't like a party. It was just a gathering of a bunch of people, like almost like a high school reunion because I knew mm-hmm. a lot of people from high school. And this person that I was with that was drawing symbols came to this gathering and was like super old and super frail and mm-hmm. looked like 20 years has aged on him in the however long the timeline was, which wasn't that long since I had last saw him. And me and him locked eyes and then everybody parted like the Red Sea. And like I could just see this guy staring at me, and I could tell like he hated me, and he didn't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, friends with me in a sense. So I left because I was uncomfortable. And as I was going through, just doing my normal stuff, because I dream, I even dreamed about working. Like I felt yeah, like I was on the mowers and stuff, and felt like I was at the church doing stuff. It was really weird. But everywhere I went, outside or even in the church, I'd look through windows and stuff, and I'd see this guy just like hundred yards away. And then the next day, he was like 80 yards away. And the next day, he just get closer and closer and closer. Until one day, he was like within walking distance of me. Mm-hmm. And he just started screeching at me. I thought it was really, really weird. And I'm so, I don't know how I got to this. Yeah, so, what are you dreaming? Can I, can, I, can I... We're going to switch this up a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So, kind of like sleep paralysis and like all that other... There's a lot of different sleep disorders where mm-hmm. people see stuff or they yeah. hear stuff or they mm-hmm. can't move and stuff like that. Um what do you what do you view that as do you view that simply as so do you view that as um demonic influences do Do you view that as something more natural do you view it as both do you view it as so like i guess i'll give my opinion while i'm talking yeah so i so i guess to to bring it back i've said this a lot but i'll say it again because i haven't said it here um so everything that is so we know God is good and right mm-hmm. there is no illness, right? So mm-hmm. anything that is uh, an illness or anything like that uh, has to be what well, as Christians we view of like from the devil, mm-hmm. right? So um, it has to all be in a sense evil, right? Yeah. So I guess how do you, and I can give perspective, take and give perspective, but mm-hmm. I'm asking you, John, how do you view those influences and how much do you think it's one thing or another or like how does it, 
manifest. Let me finish the rest of the story okay, and then I will answer that because that's mm-hmm. actually a really good question. So as this continues, this guy started talking to me and he was screeching to everyone else. But to me, I could hear him like perfect English. It was really weird. I heard two different type of things. And what I heard was like, I'm Belzebub, which is technically Satan's right hand man. Mm-hmm. That's like the the leader of his army and stuff, you know. And so I was like, holy cow. And he said, and what he said to me was like, he's not going to stop until he has your soul basically. And so long story short, a bunch of random things happened. And again, this is like all happening to me. What I thought was real time, real place and all that stuff. And the ending got, and he just had a line of people. And like this person was just holding me and this, or a different person was holding me. And he didn't want to hold me, but he was just holding me. And this person that was Belzebeb, my friend, was just killing people. And he said, I'm not going to stop until you call me my savior. So like just killing people, killing people, killing people. And it was all people I cared about. So it was mm-hmm. like terrible. And then he got to Michaela and he just pointed at her and started laughing. And then I woke up. Really? Because he like, and it was a sense of like, he knew I would break at Michaela. Mm-hmm. And so my perspective on it is I do believe it was 100% spiritual. And here's why. Because this year for me as not only a Christian, but as a pastor, I've grown exponentially. Like there is a huge change from even the last few years that I compared to this year. I've grown a lot in knowledge. I've grown a lot in like spiritual connection, all that stuff. I just feel like I've grown a lot. And like I've said in many of my stories, I don't know if I've mentioned in the podcast, in my opinion, in my you know studies, the devil wants nothing more but to retract you from God, to take you away from God, to take you away from his, what Riley was saying, his goodness. And so what I think it was, was as I was being elevated in this position, and it, it was totally unprovoked because there's nothing that you could... Even religious people or whatever would consider demonic going into my life, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't watch porn. I don't, you know, drink till I'm drunk. I don't do all these things that people would consider demonic. But what I do think it was was a attempt to put a subconscious level of fear in my mind. You know, like that the devil is always in grasp of me is what I think was attempted to be implanted into me because... Like Riley said, there's people that can view that, you know, there's things that manifest that in your life. But for me, at least to my knowledge, I wasn't doing anything that could cause that. And so what I do think it was, was an attempt to put a subconscious level of fear in my mind to take me away from God. Because like I mentioned a few podcasts earlier, one of the gateways to demonic torture or whatever you want to call it is fear. And so when you give, when you fear something, you're giving that something power over you. And so what I think was an attempt to put fear in my mind so he could have power over me in a sense, in the subconscious level. And that's my spiel on that. What's your guys' perspective? Um, I just, going off of fear, I, I don't know. I think we've mentioned it before, but um, yeah, running away from the things you're afraid of makes the fear stronger. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that, I mean, I learned just from my own experience with um, fighting things I'm afraid of. But mm-hmm. it's avoidance maintains the fear. Yeah. And that's just what with anything in life. And I think if you want to have more powerful, if you want to be more powerful, um, not letting fear choose your decisions is a great way to improve your life. And um, it's not not getting rid of the fear but even when fear is present moving forward and then that's gonna make you um more resilient to it and able to act but Uh, i I mean that's 
I, I personally with dreams, I don't know. I've had some dreams that are pretty scary. I, I had, I was going to say my dream and then I was, and then you said yours and I was like, well, yeah, that dream was, <laughs> that dream was like an outlier. That has never happened to yeah. me before. What's your perspective, but, Riley? Wow, yeah. What's your, there's a lot of different things to unpack and I have quite a few questions for you based off this. So like, yeah. what I guess another interpretation would be almost in your own is like, do you view it then as, uh, would it be considered a weakness that Michaela was your breaking point? Could you view it as like, okay, like not that not that you're like I need to ditch this, you yeah, know, like know but, but like saying yeah. where is what is more important, uh, God or my wife? And it, yeah. it's like you have to get that kind of a line. The, you know, the biblical correct answer is obviously God comes first, but kind of like you said, people have weaknesses, and I think Michaela is definitely one of my weaknesses like obviously she means the world to me mm-hmm. otherwise i wouldn't be married to her already so i definitely know what you're saying and the biblical correct answer is and this is just the correct answer just in general is god should come first now if i was put in that position again i don't know how to react but right. i do know my my tendencies would be to protect michaela because that is you know what my yeah. vow has been to her Mm-hmm. Well, and becomes such a job thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. But and, and the reassuring thing with it is, uh, in the Bible, we God says there's no test that you cannot. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so can't handle. Yeah, and I right. will say with that, like, sorry to interrupt, but no, like, um, how you have like Michaela's the test or mm-hmm. whatever. I think a lot of times when people are talking about like idolatry or putting things above God. The goal isn't to take however much you love that thing and then uh, I don't I like it too much. It's not the issue. The issue isn't that you like it too much. The issue is you value God above it. Yeah. And that's that's the issue with idols. It's because as a Christian, it's like the goal isn't to love anything less. It's just that you might love things in the wrong order. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. That's just what was what was your uh... yeah. So you had a couple more. Uh, I, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I think it is um, very interesting, and I don't know if I have all the answers as far as, like, so when we get into illnesses and we get... So it, it, it gets convoluted, and you, you can um, answer as you please, where it's like, okay, our, in biblical stories are some of these, like, uh, these demonic, um, uh, I guess you would have, you'd say like stories or whatever. Is it actually, um, like the illnesses and all that stuff. So we, uh, prime example, people, uh, uh, easy one for people to see is like schizophrenia as far as we're like hearing mm-hmm. voices. Is it like saying, okay, that is evil or is it, it, does it take more of a literal sense where it is literal demons? Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you're so, saying. Like, is that illness caused by demonic manifestation? Well, or I, I think it, yeah. So I think where things get complicated, um, so where people kind of approach a lot of things is, so we, we see in the Bible that, like, God heals a lot of these different, yeah. mm-hmm. um, casts out demons, right? Yeah. Um, so then in a modern sense, people come into the, to the problem and maybe this is too complex of a question, but Mm -hmm. people come into the problem where it's like, okay, do I medicate for these things or do I strictly go to Mm. Bible? So then you get into the, uh, kind of arguments like can medicine, 
um, and whatnot. And, and obviously, it can be used for good, but like, could it mm. be something um, revealed from God to heal these things, or can it be something that is also mm-hmm. yeah. manipulated in a, uh, a bad way? where people become dependent on things and stuff like that. So it gets very so, nuanced. I'll give my quick, or I'll give my answer. I don't know if it will be quick. Who knows? I get on my bunny trail sometimes. No, go for but, it. We got time. Yeah. So how would I unpack that in the first place? And, and this is the very first beginning of it, is when you are a Christian that does not absent you from things happening to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people view when you're you know, a child of God that things aren't going to come to you. Terrible things happen to bad people, and that's just how it is. Cause it's life. That's what freedom of choice has given us. Like terrible. Like I had this one girl I was talking to, and like her brother and her dad and her mom all had died in like terrible ways. And she's like, "How could God let me do it?" The age-old question. And as much as it sucks, that's life. Like it yeah. doesn't absent you from life. And now what I will say is, there is this dependency that people have, and this is this is the church's fault. This isn't people's fault. This is the church's fault. Because how God and the Holy Spirit has been depicted is when you have a problem, God's going to swoop in and take care of it. Mm -hmm. And that's just not always true. Mm -hmm. And Paul says many times in Scripture that it's necessary to go through the hard times. And it's necessary because that builds character and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so there's this false depiction that every time these things happen, that God is going to come and solve your problem. He's got your back and he's there Mm -hmm. to catch you when you fall. But he's not going to just solve the problem because you still have to grow as a person. And it's just like if a father, every time when you're a kid, every time you got into a hard place or into something you didn't know how to do, if he just took care of it every single time, by the time that kid is an adult, he's not going to know how to do jack squat. Yeah. And so it's the same way. You have to fail and not fail. And there's also a terrible picture of failing that's terrible in society. You have to fail to learn. If you and there's many quotes out there from successful people like if I failed more times than I win and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. just like those cheesy failure mm-hmm. quotes but it, there's truth to it mm-hmm. and so with that I would say you know there's obviously fruit to just praying and believing but to have an expectation that God would come and save every single time is unfair especially because most of the people that are praying are people that only come to him under circumstantial. Uh, what's it called circumstantial uh, situations like if things are going terrible for them mm-hmm. very rarely do you not I'm not gonna say very rarely but you know there's a line where people only go to them when things are good and so I think it's very unfair for us to expect really anything from God mm-hmm. but especially for every time we go through these hard times for him to come in and just heal everything and I'm not and I, and I don't I hear me out I don't want to desensitize the situations that people are going through like if you're going through hard times, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to desensitize, but I am trying to bring a truth of we can't have that expectation for God to come in and just solve it like that every single time. I feel like there's a process in life and even spiritually sometimes there's a process. Like, for example, my knee when I hurt it. I didn't have health insurance when I hurt my knee. And I prayed for it and I feel like it got healed, but then I didn't steward my gift well. And I stepped in a pot, some potholes and I straightened it out and I re-injured it. And I feel like, A, it healed faster than it probably should have because I didn't really stop working yesterday. I still mm-hmm. was working and stuff because I couldn't afford not to. And so, A, I shouldn't have healed, but it did. And B, it wasn't like, and let me explain this to you, it wasn't like just a sprained knee. Like Riley and Tate were both yeah, there. I bad. couldn't bend it. Like it was a bad thing. 
But within three months, I was playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Like that shouldn't probably be right, especially if I didn't go to the doctor. And just another story of it, like there's been times where, uh, for example, and this could be part of the reasons of somebody I know that fell out of the faith, but he hurt himself bad and he prayed for it and nothing happened and he fell out of his faith. So I just want my point of me saying that is there's, you know, just like everything, there's plus and minuses. And sometimes it's hard to go through, but it's necessary. And that could have been God trying to teach him. And there's also a level that people just need, like, especially preachers, it is okay, or like preachers or like leaders in the church, it is okay to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would rather you give an answer that is authentic and real than um, you just trying to come up with something that sounds spiritual and sounds like it's right rather than it, and it being false, you know? And so that's my quick spiel on that. So, yeah, a lot of things that, like, a few things I'll add to what you were saying. So, like, the first thing you were, you were kind of saying, and I think a good way to, to put it where you're saying, like, bad things happen to good people. Um, biblically, we look in the very beginning where it says, we gave dominion over to Satan, right? Yeah. So, to say that, like, God allows it, we already threw away that for yeah. God to have complete control over it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, that was kind of the first thing. Um, another thing as far as if we're talking like recovery and healing and whatnot, uh, one thing, and I don't think it answers everything, but I, I find a lot of kind of uh, uh, clarity when I, when I heard this is it's sometimes it's a lot of times God won't act in the exact same way because then you're dependent on a system, not God. Yeah. Does that make sense? Exactly. So no matter what way you're going about it. Because it want to be real faith at that point. Right. Yeah. It's like no matter what way you're going about it, you're still dependent on God rather than just, oh, I'm going to pray. It's healed. Because then all of a sudden it's just. That's the prayer, not God that you're yeah. looking yes. for. Yeah. Yes. So, and, uh, and another thing where you're talking about like failure, the big thing is. You can have a lot of failure, and you can end up in a worse spot than you began. Yeah. Um, the The point is, is your perspective on things and how you approach it, and how you go from it, and what you take from it. Yeah. And sometimes you almost have to lie to yourself about what you learned out of that. Does yeah. that make sense? I because sometimes motivate yourself, situations right? are so bad that you have to like kind of change it to find yeah. the silver lining, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And sometimes it's not even like I learned something. It's just I got stronger because I went through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like I always use kind of an example of like a rich kid versus like a poor kid. Poor kids had to struggle to get up to the place yeah. where they they got. And so mm-hmm. when when a lot of times like more hard things come on them, it's just you know how to deal with it. But you have like kind of like the the stereotype of like a rich, obviously not all rich kids. Let's <laughs> be adults. Let's think about it. But like you have the stereotype. <laughs> Of something bad happens and it's almost like a tantrum they break down they don't know how to deal with it yeah right mm-hmm. it's like you have to build that fortitude and you may be in a place where you had a lot of bad things but you did I know people like that we all know people like yeah. that where you didn't gain anything and you you're a victim to it and it's just going to crush you it will crush you yeah mm-hmm. so you have to have a mentality and it's almost it it sounds insane. You have to have kind of an insane mentality because there is so much bad that will happen. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're in a good place now, bad will happen. Your yeah. parents are going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your parents are going to die. Your grandparents are going to die. Illness is going to happen. Uh, f- 
financial problems. Most mm-hmm. people struggle with all this. Yeah. Everything, all this is going to happen, right? Enjoy the good times, mm-hmm. but like you have to have that fortitude when it, it comes to that point. Yeah, 100%. You have to know how you're going to act when times are low. And it's more about like a change of perspective more than a change of circumstances yeah. Yeah, when exactly. your quality of life improves because like the same things are going to happen, but like John can vouch, I can, any of us can vouch, like the th- same things are going to happen no matter what you believe. It's, but what you believe affects how you see what happens. Yeah, 100%. And that's why it's important. But. I 100% agree on that. I also would add that kind of on the failure thing again I think the word failure is too broadly put out there yeah like I think sometimes just because something doesn't work out it's not a failed situation a failed circumstance Mm -hmm. I think it's just setback but I don't think the word failure to me is like there's no other options Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people put out failure which gives us false you know thinking that it's over when I hear Mm -hmm. failure I think it's over when I hear mm-hmm. failure, I think it's I messed up bad enough to where I can't go back. Mm-hmm. And so people already have that built up description of failure, 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 and they don't know how to get past the it's over description they put in their mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things, I, I, this just is not exactly attached, but it just kind of came to mind. Um, a lot of times in these situations coming out of it, people always look for like, guidance from God which I think is a good thing mm-hmm. um, but I think a lot of people are like it's just going to become super clear and it's just going to be like that's what you yeah. want to do mm-hmm. or just um, lay in your and hands. one thing I've, I've kind of learned over the past like year or so is if God would have like said this is how my life would go and like these are the things that would go well if he would have told me that I would have messed it up yeah. I had to A go through those hard times I had to go through it I had to build myself up to get into the position that I'd be able to, the church word, steward. Um, I would take care. I'd be able and capable to do these things, mm-hmm. right? And, and once again, it's like trying to understand God. It's like and some people may have a better understanding, but it's all just a mystery. And I think things can manifest in different ways just based off of different people. Yeah, and There's so much vastness and very and nuance <laughs> yeah. and chaos with it I agree and for those who don't know the word steward because I've said it a couple times and Riley said it that means basically guidance yeah. how are you going to guide whatever came along with that word oh all those Christian words right yeah and I do I trust me even coming from a youth pastor there's a you know a Christian culture and if people want to say religion hate it you know, I'm not a religious person. I love Jesus. Yes, 100%. I like, I get what you're saying behind it, but Christianity is a religion based off of Jesus. Yeah. And so, like, yes, I get what they're saying, but that's more of a culture issue, not a religion issue. It's more of a how we perspected what Jesus has built on this religion, you know, on Peter yeah. mm-hmm. versus, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I feel like every person that's tried to f- sound like really savvy and really religious and sound super spiritual they, I feel like we and I'm guilty of it too I've said it too mm-hmm. and but I I think lately just things have come to me where it's like Christianity and regardless of the different denominations and stuff but I'm talking about in a whole the essentials of Christianity is a religion based off of Jesus and God the mm-hmm. characters you know mm-hmm. it's not like this 
religion is built out of and yes technically it's man-made i get that like mm-hmm. the word religion is man-made but the the principles and stuff through the bible was based off of jesus so that's mm-hmm. not right you know, but yeah. the thing where i think it, it gets, like it's not a religion well the, the thing where things get complex is each different kind of denomination has a different like kind of manifestation or exactly. way that they they approach each um yeah uh, way some is more like uh ritualistic where you look at kind of like the catholic church yeah um or you know where we would say more personal which i'm getting on another sidetrack <laughs> one thing i've been thinking about this week um so a lot of people would say like uh catholics are for catholicism is for people that like know they're bad um but protestant is for like people that think they're good hmm. but i'm like because like you have to like one thing is like you have to go to the pope i'm like but if you think about it, if you have the right perspective on God, it is so much because like confessing sins yeah. for people that don't know, it's like you confess your sins or your shortcomings to like the priest or if you're a Protestant, it'd be like directly to God, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, if you have the right perspective, it's just if you don't have the right perspective, if you have the right perspective, it's a lot scarier to bring your shortcomings to God yeah. than it is to a man. Yeah, because I agree. Because I bring it to a guy, I don't, I don't care, but going to almighty holy goodness that is god um that's that's a contort but i feel like that's also a decent like if you have that viewpoint when i'm not saying you do but i'm saying Mm -hmm. if you develop that viewpoint you're desensitizing the reality of god Mm -hmm. like to me you know i 100 percent believe you know jesus was a guy on this earth Mm -hmm. well and most historians do, but like I'm just talking about just Jesus and Nazareth. Two thousand years ago, I got crucified. I 100 percent believe there's a God watching over my back, mm-hmm. and so I feel like if that's the viewpoint people have, then they're desensitizing the reality of God to them. Like, yeah, yes, and that's what, it goes back to people. You know, react off of emotions, physical touch, seeing all that stuff. That's how people react, and I get that because that's how I react. But and most of it's because you know. I've spent a majority of my life in the church and I understand, but, um, I feel like it's, it's, it's a da- dangerous place to separate that, you know, mm-hmm. like f- to me in a sense, and this is where the church has gone wrong in another place, like, like in a sense of accountability. I talk about this all the time. Accountability is something that's heavy on my heart because I don't think it's only necessary in religion, just in life. Like if you set a goal and you, and this is what you want to stick to, you should have people there to help you get there. And mm-hmm. if you're messing up and you're failing, you should have people to be able to correct you without yeah. taking offense to it. And that's what yeah. I mean by accountability. But um, the sense of accountability, I wish was more natural, just in life. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, people have adopted this offense culture where every time someone tries to point out something they're not doing right, they take offense to it, as yeah. if I was trying to judge them. It's like, yeah. no, I'm pointing these things out because I love you and I want you to succeed more than you are right now. Yeah. But that translation has been lost. So to me, it's easier. F- sometimes it's easier for me to confess to a person because mm-hmm. I feel so guilty and so shameful. Yeah. It's just like Adam and Eve when they ate that fruit. Like they felt so guilty. And the first thing they tried to do is get fig leaves mm-hmm. instead of going directly to God. Like I get that sometimes. And it's a counterbalance. Like sometimes I'm more comfortable confessing to the Lord sometimes more comfortable confessing to guys mm-hmm. but yeah anyways that's just my I, quick spiel on I, that yeah I, I think there's a lot of uh, I keep saying I think there's a lot well like I, I think there's different kind of also personality types yeah like, different things work for different people yeah um, 
and well as far as just accountability where you're talking like you almost kind of got into like the judgment stuff yeah uh, i think people run into the problem where you have different flavors of sin oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like and especially in like church culture there's a lot of kids that are a little more sheltered and they and because of cultural norms or cultural differences you get like they they use uh i guess the bible to view certain sins as worse than others right and so mm, there's yeah. that kind of judgment because it's a different kind of sin where it's like something like pride or um like gluttony stuff like that like go to the wayside where mm-hmm. we focus on more of like the cultural things yeah. which would be like sexual immorality um that's where you kind of get like the big divide where people were like i think we saw good hot topic but like with homosexuality we saw such a divide because people had certain viewpoints on homosexuality already right oh absolutely. and they put it at a higher pedestal because they had the bible to defend them right yeah but all of a sudden there's rampant all the other uh, because even in sexual immorality we view stuff like um well it, it comes down to lust right yeah that's and most people know this right it's lust. it's like i can lust after, after a girl just by looking right but mm-hmm. people are not going to you know they're they're going to kind of ignore that because a lot of people struggle with that but then yeah. so, when something's different they're going to elevate it or even it could be they're dealing with their own lustful thoughts but someone acts out and they have like sex out of wedlock all this stuff right yeah and so they demonize certain things and so you get this kind of like judgment yeah oh i agree 100 percent. there's a judgment per- persona that's pushed out i will say in the bible there's nothing really elevated above something else except love love the the one scripture that says that's most important above all is you know love let's break it down to the point of i'm just going to paraphrase to it basically the whole spiel but there's a scripture that says love god and love people above all else like that's the two important things to him and so i think christians have really missed the point of a they either love so much that they don't give the things such as like we talked earlier the realities of life and stuff like that Mm -hmm. or b they're so harsh and judging people is putting on that judging persona that people don't understand that like for example someone that's very close to me that i love very much came to me after a few going to a youth group a few times and he said if this is what the love of jesus looks like then i don't want to be a part of it mm. and so i feel like there's a terrible counterbalance that we have to find that sweet spot in the middle you know yeah. loving people while giving the, the truths right yeah and well it's like the whole thing like the worst thing that sin can do is because if you become a Christian, if you become a Christian, the worst thing sin can do is to bring you further from God. Yes. Right? Correct. But you know what else it could? Is like having that judgment and that brings someone else from God. Correct. So, I mean, you, 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 I guess in the Bible you have like kind of like, what is it? Is it the seven abominations? Seven deadly sins. Seven yeah. deadly sins. Seven. Or I think there's another one where it says like abominations. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got it mixed up. You got it. You're on yeah, top I'm of things. You. Gang, gang. Pastor um, John. <laughs> but the main thing is, I, I think the reason those can be elevated is because it's so much easier for these kind of things to keep you from God. It's like whatever can keep you from God, that's where things become dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? I agree. So, and, and there becomes such a focus on sin, not that it. Our goal as Christians, 
um, is not to avoid sin. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all that does is help us to get in a better place where it's like, it's going with the flow rather because it's like sin, is, or at least in my perspective, sin is, um, basically like God created the world to work a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a way, a kind of rules to the universe. And if you follow these rules, like your life will go better because you're yeah. going with the flow, right? So sin, it, it's it's two things. It's a, it's kind of going against the flow, and it's also kind of saying, when when you like mentally think like I'm going to do this no matter what, or like I, I you choose to do something, like you're kind of saying that I am God of my life. God is not God of my life. Yeah. And those are the two things, right? But it does not condemn us if you become a Christian does not condemn us to hell right so it's like the worst thing it can do is bring you away from God so it's like you need to kind of have that perspective it's not that this is our goal (laughs) our goal is like well anyway I I don't don't know how to well shortly answer our goal but I think you're on to something good here though because like I mean we talk about John earlier like talking about like pre-Jesus like he was this kind of person or that kind of person but like how I said like the goal isn't to avoid sin it's to move towards God and it's it's just like uh, if you watch the Jordan documentary with the Bulls Phil Jackson the coach uh, one of the things he says is we're not here we're not gonna play not to lose we're playing to win yeah and it's just like basketball you don't play the game trying not to turn the ball over you play the game trying to win to score and along the way you're going to turn it over I mean, you're going to make mistakes, but the better you get at basketball, most likely the less mistakes you're going to make. And the same thing with like your relationship with God. It's like you're not in it just to make less mistakes or sin yeah. less. But once once that relationship improves, it's probably going to show in your life with less. Oh, 100%. I think yeah. one of the worst things that happen is people have this mindset that God's all the way out there mm-hmm. and not involved in our lives. And then it begins to build that distance relationship, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like I kind of like, you know, I have a dad, but he doesn't come to my games. I have a dad, but he doesn't do this. I have mm-hmm. a dad, but he's not active in my life. Mm-hmm. And with that, it builds up this barrier of, I believe that's where we begin to move backwards because as you said, the, the more you get closer to God, those things just come naturally. Yeah. You know this this when you sin less and God didn't. The reason I believe this is something I believe. People are just people of habits, like creatures mm-hmm. of habits. Mm-hmm. People do the same things that they have since the beginning of time. Yes, trends have changed. Yes, technology has changed. Blah blah blah. But at its base core, the basic premise, people still you know sleep before marriage, all that stuff. Like those things have happened for since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. And I believe this Bible, this book constructed, isn't a don't do this because I want to restrict you from life. Is don't do this because I've seen the things that happen and I know the things that can happen from it. And I want to kind of like Riley said, I want to guide you in the right way so you're not working so hard to get here. You know. Yeah. So I believe that that it's very important that we have this mindset. And obviously, if you're not a Christian, we're totally open to questions. By the way, if you ever want to text or something, but we have to adopt that mindset that he's not this big far away thing that's just kind of out there overlooking us that he is active and even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it that he is active and 
when I think when we begin to lose sight of that is when we start to move backwards as far as sinning more and doing mm-hmm. you know whatever it is that takes you away from God more often. Yeah, I, a few things with it. I, every time I want to say, there's a lot, and because I, I want to say a lot, yeah. it's like kind of the same thing. It's like you should have. It's not that. Not that it can't, but it's not me acting a certain way will make me closer to God. It's like, it should be yeah. me, at, like, revelation from God will make me act a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, it's a progress. Like, I'm kind of a horrible person, but you don't want to know what I, <laughs> like, I, piece of garbage, right? But you don't want to know what I'd be like without God. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm nowhere near perfect, nor yeah. do I ever think I probably will be near perfect, right? Yeah, right. But, um... I, I, I'm getting better and it's like every prayer I do I'm like Lord forgive me for my sins yeah. and it's like it's like make me more like you every single day Yeah. I'm like that's that's the goal that's where we're going and you get into these problems where it's like in church where it gets so complicated because you want to there's kind of this mindset of like you want it to be a holy place mm-hmm. but the problem with it is that people start acting a certain way when they're in church and they start acting like they're perfect Yeah. right so it does two things. It turns off people who are like, I'm not perfect. What? I like, I can't be here. Yeah. And then it also becomes a thing where people are dishonest. Where yeah, they're absolutely. not honest. Because everyone is so incredibly messy. Oh, but yeah. nobody shares a lot of stuff. Like, even the thing where you're saying with, like, your dream. Yeah. It's like, it may sound a bit wild. Only because people don't talk about that stuff. People yeah. have all sorts of just crazy things that happen, but they just keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And they, they, they just think they're crazy or it's just like, oh, there's some explanation, blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. They don't have that uh, openness. And I, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. a very important thing in a, a culture that needs to be. I will say just in general, not even spiritually, it's so freeing to be transparent in most yeah. areas of your life. I mean, there's things that you should keep to yourself. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it is very freeing to be transparent. Like, I've considered myself a very transparent person. I'll tell mm-hmm. most people pretty much anything. But there's things I'll keep to myself between me and my wife and stuff yeah. like that. But for the most part, the freedom I... friends. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. The freedom I've experienced in transparency just in life and not even... I feel like I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. In life, not just when you become religious is so freeing like it's you don't have like there's this there's this show i can't remember the alone you get dropped off somewhere and you survive as long as you can mm-hmm. almost like 90 percent of the people i forget the statistic but it's really high drop out because they have skeletons in the closet basically because all they do is they sat with themselves and they're left with their own thoughts and their own convictions yeah. and they can't stand it and they have to go home because yeah. they have to have the clutter to distract them from that Transparency has removed that from me. Uh-huh. Like I'm very transparent, I'm very honest. So when I'm ha- in those moments where I'm just stuck with myself and my own thoughts, I don't have those skeletons in my closet that make me like, you know, want to jump out of my skin. Yeah. Like I can sit in times of myself and talk to you know, talk to myself mm-hmm. and enjoy my own silence and company. If that makes sense. That's really cool because I've never heard anyone say like transparency brings freedom like that. But I've definitely witnessed. There's so many people that just distract themselves all day long. Yeah. And it's so easy now. It's like, I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want to actually have to feel. It's mm-hmm. like, I can be, whenever anyone gets in a line, they get on their phone. When you're by, and when you're in your car, exactly. you put on music, podcast, yeah. whatever. Um, when you're at your house, you can put on Netflix. You can, you just distract yourself. 
Yeah. And you never have that moment where you have to sit there and think about what's going on in your life. And like, I think it's beneficial in a lot of ways. And like, I even think like, as someone who, uh, and I hate saying this, but like as a quote unquote creative, like yeah. what I, whatever I do is creative, like short films, making t-shirts, whatever, yeah. right? You have to have these moments where you sit back and you actually think and, and I'm, maybe it's beneficial in other areas too. But I, you have to have these moments because if you're constantly distracted, you're never actually, you, you aren't your own thoughts. It's everything going around you. Yeah. It's not just you with your thoughts. It's, I agree. And a lot of people, I think, numb the pain. But the problem with it, the problem with it, and people numb their pain with so many different things. Yeah. Right? And I, I just gave like mild examples of just distractions, right? Yeah. People numb their pain with anything. The problem is, is if you avoid a numb pain... You will never work through it. You have yeah. to fully feel the weight of whatever happened mm-hmm. to finally move on from it. And the problem yeah. is, is there's such a culture of like, I have this. Okay, well, I'm going to not deal with it. And depending on like, how to, it may be drinking. It could be yeah. just even just hanging out with friends. It could be watching Netflix. It could be whatever. Anything. It could yeah. be literally anything. But it's just like, I'm not going to deal with this right now. And I, that's why I don't like. Like it's like when people I think the easiest way to see it is like when people go through breakups oh, right yeah. because it's like they're instantly confronted with pain yeah no matter what you're instantly confronted with pain what do you do in that moment well and that's why I mean we talked about this last time with Sarah like usually after like and we can all relate to it is usually after you get through a breakup or just any kind of hard time you'll like start dating like a ton of people oh yeah just because not necessarily because it's something you want to do. It's yeah. just something in the meantime to just fill whatever void. space. Kind of yeah. what we were talking about earlier with the yeah. safety net thing. But yeah, I will say that something that's discouraging is there's such a mindset of you have to deal with these things alone. It kind of goes back to mm-hmm. transparency. Mm-hmm. Like if for, for me, I had a group of friends that I was comfortable telling if I was going through something, I could talk to them. And I think it's very important for you to find those people because there's this feeling of we have to do it alone and that we're the only ones that has these demons that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that you have that relationship with people that you can be like, Hey, a, I'm doing something stupid or B I'm going down the wrong track and I need you guys help. Yeah. And it's sad that it's so hard for people to ask for help because mm-hmm. I need it mm-hmm. every day. And it's just like anybody else I can imagine needs help every day. And it's why, why? And Yes, I get there's a sense of responsibility after the death and stuff, but it's very important that you don't build that mindset of I'm in it on my own. And that's regardless, that's across the board in whatever you do. So what would both of you say, like, what's a good way to, how do you find that? How do you build those relationships? How do you get in that position? How do you kind of build that culture? Because I feel like there's quite a few people who are in a position where it's like, I don't have that person that I can yeah. go to or those people that I can go to. It's like relationship with parents aren't good. I don't have friends like that. Like, or I do have friends, but we're not like open like that. What yeah. do you do? How do you go about it? Here's, here's my, or do you want to go first? I, I, you go first. So here's my, my feedback on it. So there's things that caused the, that to happen to you, whether like whatever it is, And my first piece of advice would be to remove yourself from that situation. Whatever had caused that pain, whatever had caused that circumstance, whatever it is, 
you have to remove yourself from the situation at first. That's my first step. The second step is find a community that you want to be in, not a community that's easily accessible. Because a lot of us will just go into somewhere that are like, oh, what's up, bro? You're like, mm-hmm. we'll just jump into relationships in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's very important that we don't throw the word friends around like it's nothing. Like you have to make sure that these people that you're entering friendship, because when you enter a friendship, and this is how it should be, but it's not, you're giving them power into your life. When you enter a friendship, you're giving them the ability to speak into your life. And so are you going to enter friendships that are just because you have similar likes? Like if, if I entered a friendship with Tate cause he, just because he likes soccer, you know? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to enter a friendship because you can see characters that you want to be around? Whether it's kindness, funniness, love, whatever it is. And so what I would my, – my advice would be remove yourself from the situation that caused it. Find a community that you want that's not, ex- that's not just easily accessible. And sometimes it might be both. Like it's a community that you want and it is easily accessible. And yeah, that'd be my first two steps. I'd say just right off the top of my head that I would do. What about you, Tate? Um, I liked what you said about don't just choose what's accessible, choose what's good. Yeah. Um, cause I mean that's something that we were talking about earlier too. Um, a quote that um a guy that I listen to a lot. I know Riley's listened to him some is Jordan Peterson. Is what he said is, a lot of people don't look for better because they don't think. It exists. Mm, that's good. And I mean, just with that, kind of how Riley said, like, if God would have said, like, this is exactly how your life is gonna go, like, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been able to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is, as people, we want to, we want to get rid of our uncertainty. So, for example, one of the biggest things, like in like sports talk shows, is who's gonna win the championship next year. We want to know. What's going to happen? Who Am I going to be married next year? Am I going to graduate next year? Who's the best player in the, in the NBA right now? Who's going to be the best yeah. player in 10 years from now? We want that uncertainty to go away. But like the problem is, it's when we're wrong is when life is at its best. Because we always think that like um, whatever our vision for the future, whatever our dream is, that's the best possible outcome. But in reality, is it's when we're wrong, that's when life is the best. Because that's when things go beyond your expectations. No. Um, it's, it's both. But um, yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where if you're in a place where you don't feel like you can get in touch with good people, um, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's faith is what's not seen. Yeah. And in the moment, it's, it's just like... Um, I would say to people who, I mean, maybe are struggling and just don't think there's a way out of the current situation they're in. It's not that that situation, that better place doesn't exist. It's just you can't see it right now. Yeah. So if you're in a place where you've just gotten dumped, you don't have any friends, you're going to be thinking, oh, there's no way out of this. I'm just going to take whatever to make me feel better in the moment because there's no way out. Might as well. I'm screwed. It's about seeing what's not there, like, even when you can't see it. Yeah. And I would add to the whole situation of you have you have to know who you are and I know that's a cliche thing to say but it's overlooked like you have to be so confident in yourself because as soon as you step out of those situations I was talking about earlier people are going to try to drag you down or mm-hmm. drag you back in a sense they're going to bewittle you they're going to make fun of you they're going to slander you they're going to do what it takes to either A make sure you don't succeed or B come back to them mm-hmm. and so you have to be confident in who you are and be willing to 
be made fun of, be the butt end of the joke or whatever it is. Because if you are not comfortable enough to do that, you will not grow. And it's just for example, when I decided to become a youth pastor, I lost a lot of people that I viewed as my friends because they didn't understand what my choices were, right? And so, and the reason I always bring religion is because it's the most relevant examples that I have. It's not because I'm discounting other people's experience and stuff, but I can speak most into my own situation. And so when I became a youth pastor, I just lost a lot of friends. And if I wasn't confident in who I was, it would have hurt me two years ago. If I was this person I was two years ago that day, I don't know if I still would have been, if I still would have had the confidence to do it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that'd be the last thing I would add yeah. to that. Well, yeah. And you, yeah, you were kind of saying like, and how you get those friends. And I think an important thing is, and maybe this is a bit practical, but it's like once you have those people that like you're like these are the good people this is who I can be around like obviously yeah. you don't want to be like open with just whoever right <laughs> yeah you're gonna cause more problems than you're gonna exactly. solve mm-hmm. yeah. um, once you have those people I think two things a you need to take that step out to be vulnerable about what you're going through 100%. but also be that person who you want them to be in a sense mm-hmm. right where it's like they're going through that stuff and you can be there not judgmental and help them through and yeah all that because like. Uh, going back to what we were saying earlier it's like all these crazy things and these horrible things it's like it's easy to think it's just me right Right. like almost a mind exercise I would do is like okay this might be a little bit dark but envision yourself killing someone (laughs) sorry that's not what I was expecting to go envision yourself killing someone instantly you're like I could never do that Yeah. right I could never do that, but you could. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because Nazis were people, right? They just had different things that brought them to that point. Yeah. Right? Like, there's probably plenty of Nazis still alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're still alive. There are those horrible people still alive, right? (laughs) So the point is, not saying that you are that evil person, because you also have the, the opportunity to imagine yourself as... I don't know, like civil rights leader, like Martin Luther King yeah. Jr., right? Mm-hmm. It's like you have the opportunity to be both, right? Yeah. But you have that that darkness in you, and you have to kind of realize that each person is kind of capable of that. And there's been things, hopefully, not to the extent of you know murder, but there's <laughs> yeah. been things where it's like you have that darkness. And I think you have to understand that you are capable of that to move on from that. Because if you think you're better than that... Um, you will never kind of reckon with your true kind of potential because you're mm-hmm. uh, you're capable of a... I mean, you have to be careful because it's like, if I am capable of these horrible things, it's like, I need to be careful. I need to look at everything that I'm doing in life because it's a slow slide. No one goes from, you know, just telling one lie to murdering something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you slide a certain way. So yeah, you have to kind of... And I think that's why another thing it's beneficial to get these things out because it's like once you tell other people like you have to reckon with the things that you've done. Yeah. You have to be careful. You have to think. You have to be conscientious. Like it's a very, very uh, deep thing to to think about. Everything you do, do it impacts your life and it impacts everyone around you. Yeah. Right. It's easy to live completely like void of that thought and just go on, but that's the reality of it, and you mm-hmm. have to kind of wrestle yeah. with that. And I don't want to give this false perception that, you know, you get these group of people and then like 
you're automatically just on the right path, whatever that may be for you, just for the rest of the time, you know? Like, there's... Or I don't want to give this false perception that if you have, find this right group of people and you're you you know you're being vulnerable with each other and all that stuff, and it's just, you know, roses and daylilies after that. Like, there's been plenty of times where I've wanted to say things to Tate, and I'm sure Tate's wanted to say things to me, and now we haven't because of that fear of we don't want to ruin the friendship we have. But I will say more times than not, it has helped me tremendously. And it could be something very slight. Like, it doesn't have to be these dark things that we've locked away, you know, behind lock and key. Yeah. And that's the way you begin to develop that, is it starts with small things, and it gets into bigger things. Yeah. Whether you have bigger things or not, but... It's kind of like Riley said, just like the snowball goes one way, it can go the other way. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, that's my two cents on yeah. that. And there's always going to be those people that, like, will be that judgmental, um, <laughs> kind of like, if you're open up on that stuff, like, they are going to, I don't know, either be scared or judge you or not like you for the mm-hmm. way that is. And I don't, I don't think you should be open with those or people. cancel you. But, or cancel yeah. you. <laughs> I cancel you. And that's the thing. It's I think the people who are most alike are like the woke people that try and cancel everybody for like something bad they said 20 years ago. Those people are exactly like the super religious people because both of them can't tolerate anything that they don't like. No. Absolutely. I agree. All right. We're at two hours. Oh, boy. So Time I think flies. I think we're gonna yeah right I could talk all day. Time flies when you're with Rye. Uh, but I think we're gonna wrap it up. With that being said, again, make sure you go give Rye Daddy Monty some love. Go check out mm-hmm. Daddies and Baddies on what platforms? Uh, on Instagram, it's Daddy Baddies Clothing. Daddies Baddies Clothing. Um, uh, the website is Daddies and Baddies all spelled out. Dot com. Facebook, don't go there. Tate runs it. It's garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just go go follow your dreams kids because a, a year ago i literally did not have a business i threw a few bucks into it i got lucky things worked out and my life is absolutely 100 percent completely different so just mm-hmm. if you have that thing in your mind even if it doesn't work out you'll get closer to what you want to achieve it goes so back go to that it. failure thing it's not yes. a failure yes. it's a setback What's that cheesy quote? It's like every setback's a setup for a comeback. Is that what it is? Yeah. (laughs) Setbacks mean comebacks. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it is. Can't lose. But you won't only be supporting Riley. You know, Tate and our sixth man of the year are also part of this business. I don't know if Jared's a sixth man anymore. Yeah, I don't even know what what those two do, but they're a part of it. So he'll be showing love to all of them. Yeah. I don't know what they do either. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. See you guys. See you guys.